0: The a podcast about cinematic oddies, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp.
1: I'm Zach, and I am so sorry that you have to be here. And I'm really saying this to myself, to Zach, to our audience. I would have been saying it to LaShawn and Ben if they were here, but... But no, nobody really wanted to talk about this movie other than Zach. I, I don't even know if Zach really wants to talk about this movie. But on the topic of that quote, yes, that is a quote from the movie. Tay Leone says, I am so sorry that you have to be here. And at that moment, I was like, perfect. It's like they read my mind and what I would want to say who I was for this episode. <laughs> Dinosaurs again. The third time we're discussing them on this podcast, Zach, and I think the first thing I want to say is, you know, nobody get your hopes up. If, if you're a follower of this podcast, you've listened to the AI artificial intelligence episode, that was kind of a huge thing where it was like, oh, Rob hates robots and still does. I didn't change my mind, but that turned out to be a really great movie that had some really neat concepts and things worth talking about. I thought that was a great discussion. And I know I say in that episode, I'm like, Zach, thank you for picking this to get me to rewatch it. It was so worthwhile. Nobody get your hopes up. That is not the case for this movie. Jurassic Park Three is still, while my favorite in the series because it's the shortest, a <laughs> terrible, terrible movie.
0: <laughs> I like the idea of just saying something's your favorite because it's the shortest. I, it's, I find that a very
1: unique argument. It's the best dinosaur movie by thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
0: I have a hard, this. Feels, this feels like another one of those like sugar and spice level discussions where I'm like. Is this even
1: a movie? <laughs> sure, sure.
0: Like, this doesn't feel like a movie. This feels like product.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I think, you know, is something I'm sure we'll get into. It pretty much is product, I, th- I think. You know, I think that this movie just rides the rails of the dinosaurs that came before it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I just, like, it, it only exists because of just, like, what, brand inertia?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm, I was saying, and it's like... I, I just – I guess the, another thing to say is my first note on this movie is I can't believe I'm watching a dinosaur movie again.
0: <laughs> but like, okay, I think we might like, – I don't know how much context we got into like in our Jurassic World, what would you call it? Fort Day? Sure, From, sure. from three years ago. But God brought people. That was three years ago. I'm like, mm-hmm. no. I'm, mm-hmm. I think about three like, – that was June of three years ago. To think Manuel. that I haven't seen
1: a dinosaur movie in three years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not living life correctly, then. Um, but this is the thing that was like I, I walk into a little bit. Like, I don't know how much contacts we gave in those because I don't think we were doing contacts. No, probably, back in probably the early not. And I'm
1: definitely interested to know if you saw this in theaters and what your history with it was. But I I did not go back and listen to our Jurassic World and Jurassic World Dinosaur Boogaloo episodes because. I just could not Life bring myself short. to yeah basically and but I I know that in there I say something like oh I saw these movies as a kid the first three of course and I did this kind of whole rewatch of them in lead up to Jurassic World 2 And I hated them. I absolutely hated them. And basically ever since then, my life has been mired by people saying, oh, Jurassic Park's a good movie. It's all about how we shouldn't play God. And me going, go back and watch the movie. One, you will realize it is a mess and boring and stupid. And two, you'll realize that the movie is all about play god have children put people into the electric chair do whatever you want because life is ours for the taking and it's one of those nostalgia things i think that's my context okay before
0: before we get started possibly my favorite piece of context for this for the series comes from rob and over the last three years i've actually (laughs) described the franchise this way but for those of you who've not listened to those episodes Rob, would you mind breaking down every single Jurassic Park film for us?
1: Of course, of course. In in
0: a way, only you can.
1: (laughs) Sure. Now, of course, this, I remember, I'm pretty sure when I said this, it was before we had seen Dinosaur Boogaloo, so we only had four to work with. I think knowing knowing them now, I I can even extend it to the fifth one, Um, but Jurassic Park is a movie about have children. Jurassic Park 2 is a movie about have children. Jurassic Park 3 is a movie about how raptors can talk to each other. Jurassic Park 4 is a movie about have children. Jurassic Park 5 is a movie about have children that might also have some raptors that can talk mixed into their genetic makeup.
0: <laughs> I want to say, even though that, like, to this day like I have fun telling people that. I will go around tell people I'm like that's what the film series is about. Dinosaurs is kind of almost like a secondary plot. Yes. Because pretty much what the first movies is, like, Laura Jones is like, I want a baby, Sam Neill. I want a baby.
1: Yeah, I think that's what people forget. Every time I talk to somebody about the first Jurassic Park, the original, they're always like, no, it's, you know, I remember that line where they say our scientists were too busy thinking if we could that they didn't ask if we should. And then it's like well do you also remember that the final line of the of dialogue in the movie is Sam Neill turning to Laura Dern going, "Yeah, we should have children." Like it it's it's it completely undercuts itself because I think that statement isn't about how oh we might have messed with, you know, we played god and we damaged the world by recreating dinosaurs in the modern era like that's a bad thing. That line from Jeff Goldblum is saying what well, we were too busy thinking that we could fuck that we ignored the consequences of fucking. And that's what humans been, human history has been doing for years, decades, millennia.
0: <laughs> but that, that's the thing about all these movies. Not even say, much as I love Rob's synopsis of all these, the third one is exactly that as well. Yeah, it's just yeah. like Bill Macy and Tia Leone just being like, family matters, nothing else. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, like, then why did you send your son with, like, your boyfriend, <laughs> like, on a parasailing thing next to Dinosaur Land? It's like, like, it's just a movie about family. Like, even the whole, like, thing with Sam Neill and Laura Dern has, like, like, like I don't even know if it's a boyfriend, husband. All we know is she has children. It's never made clear that yeah. the guy is the father of the children. She just has children somehow. And just, like, it's like, okay, whatever. And he's the fourth film, which is an atrocity. Is is that it's have children children what matters family and the fifth one is just like oh clone dinosaur children mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can get a dinosaur cheaper than you can get like a
1: house. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. No, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, I love, I absolutely love that fact as well that the, the the point of my joke is that in the third one it's about how raptors can talk and don't get me wrong, this movie dives right into that where Sam Neill and Laura Dern sit down together and they're like, how's it been? Good? Okay, get this. It turns out raptors can talk to each other and they go on like a five minute discussion about that and I'm like, oh wow, we're jumping." right into it. Oh, here. Oh,
2: the wild I'll go. One. Okay, you guys. Uh,
3: you guys catch up.
2: Thanks. thanks.
3: He's a great guy. <laughs>
2: so, what are you working on now?
3: Raptors mostly.
2: My favorite.
3: Do you remember the sounds they made?
2: I try not to.
3: But Ellie, all our theories about raptor intelligence, what they were capable of. We weren't even close. Tell me. Well, we did cranial scans of a fossil skull. We found what looks like a very sophisticated, resonating chamber. Wait a second.
2: So we were right. I mean, they had the ability to vocalize. I'm
3: convinced it's the key to their social intelligence.
2: Which explains why they could work together as a team. And
3: coordinate their attacks so they the prey wouldn't know what was going on.
2: They could talk to each other.
3: To a degree we never imagined. Ellie, <sighs> they were smart. They were smarter than dolphins or whales. He was smarter than primates,
1: but then you're right at the end of the movie, it is that family wins overall. Like, family beats the dinosaur at the end of this movie, family summons the military to the the dinosaur island at the that, end of the movie.
0: <laughs> I, in all honesty, this entire France, like, this, like, after what rewatching Dinosaur 3, which is what I'm gonna be calling it going forward, it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying the title. Like, like I, I'll say Jurassic World because that's just become, like, my – like, one of my favorite punching bags up there with Dr. Sleep. But, like, Dinosaur 3, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like th- – I know Rob and I have kind of bickered on, like, the Jurassic Park series because I still think the first one has its merits. I think it's – it. I don't know if I like it, but I think I respect the first film. I, I admire it as a piece of cinema. Sure. Whether sure. I don't know if I like it. But, like, I would say every other film in this franchise is – if it's not – Bad. It's at least this trash cinema. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's one step below popcorn cinema. Sure, absolutely. Like, like I, I honestly think like the the Lost World has no redeemable value to it, other than maybe Pete Postlewaite's character is just like the the yes. mercenary who has like a code of his own, but he's bare. Like, God, I think to call him a tertiary character would be kind. <laughs> the third film, as we'll get into, is just like a mess. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it feels like an early incarnation of something like Fant4Stick, where it's like nobody knew what they were doing. And mm-hmm. I know we'll get into some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that would definitely, like, shed some light on that. The fourth one is just – it's cashing in on nostalgia. Absolutely. It's just like it's, – it's it's the Force Awakens. It's funny. Like, it's that weird thing that happened in 2015 between Jurassic World and The Force Awakens where there was just so much pent-up nostalgia mm-hmm. for, like, like things of the ni- like 80s and 90s. And just, like, it exploded with those two films.
1: You're absolutely right. I knew it was improbable that you wouldn't bring up that comparison between Jurassic World and The Force Awakens. But you're, you're so right. It, it needs to be said. I'm sure we've said it before as well. Like, Jurassic World is basically the dinosaurs' awaken.
0: <laughs> it's the idea that, like, you look at who the producers of The Force Awakens and Jurassic World were. And it's Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's like that can't be an accident like in the sense of like both films are both doing very similar things tonally
1: yes absolutely
0: like 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 that can't be an accident like clearly they're doing this on purpose and they know very much so what they're doing um but that's a conversation for another day um and then you have dinosaur boogaloo which is just out and out trash cinema, but it's delightful just how awful it is. Yes. Like yes. It, it might be one of the worst films ever made, but it's so tongue in cheek. And whether that like camp aspect is intentional or not, it's just, I, I don't know. And mm-hmm. I really don't care because we have a dinosaur literally looking to the camera and wink.
2: <laughs> yes. And it's
0: played straight. And I'm yep. just like sold. I'm like literally in one like three second scene, They've done more to appease me than, like, two Guardians of the Galaxy movies have (laughs) when it comes to tongue-in-cheek camp humor. And I'm just like, we have a villain called the Indoor Raptor because it's an indoor Velociraptor. I'm, like, sold. I'm, like (laughs) –
1: I'm, like, you gave the toy companies one job, and they they did it, and we rolled. (laughs) We ran with it.
0: (laughs) And that's it. Like, I will never, ever forget the fact of reading that article before the movie came out that the main bad guy dinosaur – in Dinosaur Boogaloo is called the Indoor Raptor <laughs> because quote it's a raptor that's indoors. <laughs> and I'm just like like how do you top that? Like like there's somebody who probably got like an eight figure like paycheck out of that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Like it's brilliant. Like at the end of the day, like it's just a definition is so bad it's good. Absolutely. It, but it's like it, but it's like a weird like oh god tangential like version of that where it's like it's such an awful decision it's a good boy <laughs> the indoor raptor the fact that they made toys that actually said indoor raptor i'm just like like man like nobody said can we just can we call it something else like, like we can't just call it like like they did with the like the jason Voorhees dinosaur from jurassic world
1: sure, sure. where it was
0: like where it was like what was it uh abominable rex or something <laughs> like you, you couldn't just give it like a name like that <laughs> you had to just literally call it its description.
1: Yes. No, it's 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 wonderful. It's it's ridiculous, but it's wonderful. <laughs>
0: but like, isn't that what the di- the bad guy dinosaur And this is it's like the spinosaurus? Like they literally just called it what it like it's a literal description of what it is. That's its name. Yes, yes. It's like what is it? It's a dinosaur with a spine. What are we gonna call it? I don't know, Spinosaurus? <laughs> Done.
1: <God. laughs> yeah, and, and not only – that doesn't even just exist. Like I know we got into this a little bit. I remember us getting into it a little bit in our uh, original dinosaur discussions. But just my, my general distaste for the study of dinosaurs in general, That this movie doing it, the sad part to me is that, that they're not the first. That's how paleontologists and archaeologists do this stuff. They go, man, look at the spine on that bad boy. Spinosaurus. Okay, how can we get more grant money? And the government's <laughs> like, go oh, fuck yourself. Ask for donations at your stupid museums that kids go to. <laughs>
0: Just like Sam Neill in a room full of, like,
1: teenagers. Yep, yep ab- absolutely. So, you know, on that topic of things that I know I, I uh, expressed my distaste for the study of dinosaurs in our original episode, something that I don't think we got to, if if we did, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I want to bring it up because it's become more of a common thing in these last three years. D- do you remember, Zach, did we ever even ask the fundamental question— do we think dinosaurs actually existed? Rob, I think we both know the answer to that. Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> they were yes. fossils were put under the ground by the f***ing <laughs> <snow laughs> <count. laughs>
0: I had to I'm make that joke you for t- you, Zach. I, I, I'm glad <laughs> you brought that. Rob, your only mistake was instead of saying no, it was just no, like you should said That's the only thing that could have made that joke even more offensive. I'm glad you, because Rob, no, like, Rob kind of stole my thunder. I was gonna say, no, Rob, they're not real because Jesus was around, like in like the BC era, and no, D- Jesus created, like the Lord created all man on the seven days, and there's no <laughs> dinosaurs. There's no dinosaurs in the Bible, Rob. Jesus didn't write a dinosaur. Uh,
1: we all know the famous saying: it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Spinosaurus Rex. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God damn, I hate that dinosaur in this movie. I, I, okay. I have all the bad guy dinosaurs in every movie. Um, what in the first movie is the T-Rex, and mm-hmm. the second movie is there really a bad guy dinosaur, or is it like like I like Pete would... P- like, Or Pete Possil- Wait, is he the bad guy dinosaur? No, Pete in that Possil- movie?
1: the best character because he wants to hunt a dinosaur, which I'm yeah. totally down for. I guess it's the one at the end of the second movie. It's the one that uh, trashes what San Diego.
0: But is that a bad like a bad guy dinosaur though? I just feel like a misunderstood dinosaur.
1: Well this is this is the thing. This is I think you're getting at exactly why, you know, when you say in these movies do we have a bad guy dinosaur, and I, I know exactly what you mean, but on a fundamental level I have such a problem with this that, you know, these movies try to play it in this such a weird way of, you know, dinosaurs these crazy creatures that we have no idea what they look like and no idea what color they were, but we're going to make all that up and we're going to make them vicious killers until we need a scene where everybody stands in awe of nature. And I I hate that it's like we even have this idea of a bad guy dinosaur because I feel like you can't separate dinosaurs like this. Like, we don't... Oh, God. I I don't even know how to articulate because this is not what I was preparing to come into, but I... I don't know, like, a bad guy dinosaur is any dinosaur when it's trying to eat you or, like, step on you. They are just fundamentally different creatures from human beings. It's like an elephant. Can you have a bad guy elephant if, like, it whips you with its trunk? Is that a bad guy elephant? But when you're, you know, you're taking care of the elephant because it's got a foot blown off by a landmine, then it's a good guy elephant? The elephant doesn't care. Like the elephant's gonna do what the elephant has to do. So will the dinosaurs. That's why you know in that scene in Jurassic World, Boogaloo, when that one like dinosaur <laughs> is dying from the volcano and oh, it's yeah. like laying on its side and they're like looking at it, I'm like poke a stick in its ear. Like who cares? It's it's useless. It's a made up creature for a movie. And now to bring to bring this back to topic, I don't want to lose. Well, if, okay. If dinosaurs okay, okay. actually Real existed, quick, I, we can't. I don't want to say that yet. I don't want to say my actual thoughts on that yet. But we have to all agree. Dinosaurs as they are presented in these movies do not exist. <laughs> they are fictional creatures.
0: Well, well, yeah, like yeah, 100%. Like I agree. But to get back to your point though from like dinosaur boogaloo, where we see like the one like being like eaten by the molten lava, like I will push back on that point that it is a movie. It is a movie. So like I do get the idea that like you're supposed to be some level of empathy toward these creatures. Sure. From the human characters, because the humans can express that because obviously that's yes. a human emotion, yes. empathy.
1: It's a lot of projection, um, absolutely.
0: Which is fine. Like I have no problem with that. The problem I have is like and this happens a lot in the like it happens in all these movies. But like like it, it's really in the third one where like the Spinosaurus is essentially like the shark in Jaws. It's just coming after them yes, because the script yes. tells it to. It's like, it's like, why would it keep coming after these people? There's like, I get the plot of thing of like, oh, they stole the raptor eggs, so like the raptors are just like hunting it because like they stole their eggs. Like that, I get. Yeah, yeah, like I get like, oh, you have like a smart creature that okay, smart as in the script says they're smart. Mm-hmm. Like hunting these people because like it probably can smell their eggs. Like I get that. Like that makes sense. But like the spinosaurus literally like 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 that entire. Again, it's Jason Voorhees. Yes,
1: absolutely. absolutely. It
0: just sh- – it shows up to, like, fuck shit up, and then just – it'll, like, be fought off momentarily, only to come back, like, 15 minutes later. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, yeah. it just – then, then my favorite part is that it literally just disappears in the movie.
1: Oh, I mean, well, of course. I mean, well, I – God, this movie is so difficult even for me to. It was so difficult for me to watch. I okay, to can we, talk about it as can, well, we can
0: we give a, can we give a brief breakdown because I want to get now I want to like my minor level of context for this.
1: We we can, but we have to finish this sec. I think this is very important. Okay. Did dinosaurs actually exist? So. Here's the There's thing.
0: There's fossils of something in the dirt.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not denying that. I've seen them. I've, I've, out here in, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, and, and all these trips I've taken to these fossil Rob's sites like, because I ate one. People I'm with, I, oh God, I would love to eat one. Uh, you boil it up, like, instead of stone stew, it's a fossil stew or whatever. <laughs> but, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm with people and they're like, oh, you know, we're staying in this place in Wyoming. They got a dinosaur museum. Let's go. And I'm like, fine. Whatever. And, but, but here's the thing. In the, in these last three years, like I've already mentioned, I've been, you know, talking to other people. Whenever Jurassic Park comes up, I'll have all these issues with it. And it kind of started as a joke, as a very absurd joke that I love to do, that I would say that one of my problems with these movies is that, you know, dinosaurs were never real. And sometimes, depending on who I was around, I'd push it and I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, why do you like dinosaurs? And they'd be like, because they're cool. And I'm like, do you think that's why they put the fossils on the ground so you'd think they're cool? And, you know, it's like, I got really absurd with it because I love that. But there's a few instances where I would do this joke and around people I didn't really know as well. And they would get almost infuriated. They're like, are you serious? You don't think dinosaurs existed. And there was a point where I was like, well, I had to like really step back and think to myself, do I think dinosaurs existed? I agree with you, Zach. There's fossils that are in the ground. Do we know anything about dinosaurs? Go back to our uh, original discussion for when I actually talked to a person who studies dinosaurs and got some real good information about what we do and don't know about them. But here's kind of the thing that I landed on recently, and I recently this last year. Why should I spend any time thinking about if dinosaurs existed or not? Because what impact would that ever have on my life today? And so I want to relate this to something else that I think gets a lot more attention on the internet. You hear all the time people making fun of flat earthers. There's some people out there that for some reason think the world is flat. And you have so many people making fun of them. And they're like, they're so stupid. How can they think the earth isn't flat? And they get incensed about it. Just like I feel people have gotten incensed at me when I've said that dinosaurs didn't exist. Here's the thing, Zach. What does it matter? Is there any argument that can be made that if person XYZ on the street thinks either dinosaurs don't exist or the world is flat or a combination of the two, what does that matter at all? And I think this is entirely different because I've had this discussion with people. They will tie this into like the anti-vax debate. They'll tie this into how to raise your children. I'm like, no, no, no. That's a different category because those things clearly have an impact on people and society. If you think the earth is flat, what are you ever going to do with that it is almost irrelevant what do you think about
0: excuse this, me Dad? excuse me rob if the earth is like not flat that means i can sail my boat all the way around falling off the edge
1: is anybody gonna do that that's how <laughs> Rob. come how on rob far distant this seems where it's like you know <laughs> It's like, oh, dinosaurs Rob, didn't I exist. Look, what? Rob, what does it matter? I live, in,
0: I, look in co- I live in constant fear of when I take my jet ski out that I might go off the edge. <laughs> I live in constant fear. Like, Rob, come on. Don't belittle my religion of being this, a flat
1: earth. I think it's say, don't belittle my religion of being in constant fear. <laughs> but I, I think Rob, this but ties –
0: Getting back to your crux of your argument though, Rob, it goes back to some, some very profound words Rob once told me. And that's nothing matters.
1: Oh, that of course, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> but I think <laughs> this nothing matters because we're all going to die. This like might be a really weird kind of sub genre of nothingness in that it it matters with no Zero. consequence. <laughs> 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 like like of course nothing matters. You know, it's like we can have the thing of it's like oh well one day what if I just you know drove headfirst into a brick wall with my car well that's clearly gonna have an impact on you the car the brick wall and probably anybody around you and so that has immediate consequence if somebody doesn't think dinosaurs are real it has zero impact. Am I? This is the thing. Am I missing something? Is there a reason that people should be so angry about this when they hear someone who thinks dinosaurs aren't real? I, I, I don't think I'm miss. I, I don't think I'm missing anything. But I really want to know. Is like, is there a blind spot that I have? Am I? Am I th- not thinking of why I should also be on the bandwagon of belittling and making fun of? People for having an opinion with zero consequence. Not next to none. Zero consequence. Uh,
0: I I don't know. It's just the. It depends on like what kind of hill you want to die on. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of like is that where you want is that where you want to kind of like like blow your wad and it's kind of like tweets your own. Like if that's what you feel is a uh, important debate, that's uh, your right to do so. But it's certainly not one that I would uh, would want to uh, fall on my sword for.
1: That's that's how I've kind of been thinking about it. When I've been asking myself this question, is it kind of comes down to, you know, well, one, I I kind of want to say, well, it's like I can't spend my energy on certain things, and that's like you said, it's not the hill I want to die on. And then I think there's also something, and and I would I would love to actually talk to somebody who does get incensed about these things because I think it really does come down to if there is no consequence, assuming that, you know, we're in this discussion right now, not missing anything, and there's no impact of somebody believing or not believing in dinosaurs, I think it comes down to a thing of, like, I don't know, challenging your own intelligence. Like, there might be something behind, oh, I I can't let them believe something that's different from what I know to be absolute fact. And I'm fine with that as well, but once again, like, don't... I, I think it comes down to a very important philosophy that I know Zach... Uh, knows i have and i think more people should have even though it might be very nihilistic never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake and to some extent everybody else in the world is your enemy (laughs) i don't know it's just really weird I, i i just i love thinking about that stuff because people have gotten furious at me when i have made the joke that dinosaurs don't exist and I think, Zach, I've now landed on the side that what you said is the best way to say it. There's fossils of something in the ground. That's probably the best thing we can say. And I don't want to—we could talk it for another hour about, you know, how the puzzle pieces of those fossils fit together and how we jump to conclusions and, and think they make certain creatures when they might actually not. But that is a discussion for another time. I just wanted to get it down in a recording. Dinosaurs, if they you think they do or do not exist, it does not matter.
0: They don't, Rob. They don't. <laughs> but, Rob, it's, remember – oh, God, Rob. This is so weird. That's such so a weird philosophical tangent to go on.
1: This is this is what I have to do when I watch these stupid fucking movies because regardless of, of – of these of, – fuck. Fuck, tech. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay now it, the floor is yours. I had to finish that up because it's been All right, crazy to, how many people a- tell me about
0: to, this. To, to, to the actual movie at hand, Dinosaur 3, the plot of Dinosaur 3 is that we have a kid parasailing with a, a guy. We don't know who the guy really is other than it was, like, Tia Leone's something. Um, I they think get, the implication
1: like, is that he he's... his her, like, new love interest after... Yeah, but, he, like, but she it's divorces. never said, though. No, yeah, it's, sure. ne- it's never said. But I think that that's at least what I took just to fill in the holes of this movie. Sure,
0: sure, but that's the thing, though. There's a lot of, like, just, like, weird, like inexplicable things happening. So, like, after that, we cut to, like... Three different times that we're introduced to Sam Neill's character. Like we were introduced to his character, Dr. Grant, three separate times. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. first introduced to him, what, with Laura Dern. Then we're introduced to him again at the uh, fundraising thing. Yep, yep. Then we're introduced to him a third time at the dig site. He has three introductions in the film yes and yes. it's like 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 what and then like you have that bill macy and tia Lu- leone come to him they're like oh hey like we're funding an expedition to, like like just like sight and see over the island yeah and he's like okay i'm I'm desperate for money like sam like, Samuel's like oh i'm desperate for money so i guess i'll do it because my like uh, boy toy lover guy like insists that we're gonna do it and then like <laughs> yeah. they they go to the island things immediately go wrong Samuel hallucinates a di- uh, dinosaur um, talking to him because Dinosaur sings not?
1: Lupe Fiasco to him, the song Alan Forever. And he yes.
0: does. Indeed <laughs> he does. Um, that's a real thing that happens
3: in this movie. Go and M. then... What's your name? My name, Alan. Sounds like Alan. I love smelling. I got talents. I can do flips. I can keep my balance. I love dancing.
0: And then, like, it. Uh, they, they, this dinosaur misadventures happen on the island. Stupid stuff. Um They find the kid... And then, like family reconciliation, and then, like out of nowhere, the movie just kind of ends. Like, like there's so much to this movie that just feels like, like, like it's just, it's a definition of just like a grab bag of nonsense. Oh, absolutely. And that, and, and that like, there's so many just like loose ends that are just like tied together. I, I just don't know what's happening in this movie. Like when we're injured, like oh god, when we see Laura Dern for the first time. It's like, oh, she has two kids. And might I say, seeing like early two thousands Laura Dern with her midriff exposed and like super tight jeans and a tight sweater, I've never been so taken out of a movie in a <laughs> better way possible. Oh yeah. We I'm love just like, I think all of us
1: we love Laura Dern and yes, it's it's great to see her. Oh and I also have to say in that scene when the little kid's playing with the dinosaur toys and Sam Neill's character is explaining to the three-year-old why the dinosaurs he's playing with wouldn't be fighting each other. I'm like, God, I'm going to do that one day. Not about dinosaurs, but I could see me explaining to a three-year-old the finer details of something. <laughs> but yes, that that happens.
0: Like, Laura Dern literally has nothing to do in this movie. Like, she's, like, she, she's just there in two scenes because mm-hmm. I, I just don't get it. Um, we have the Bill Macy and Tia Leone, Leone characters. They're just annoying. Like Bill Macy's essentially playing the same character he plays in Fargo, except slightly less smarmy.
1: Less smarmy and le- less smarmy, less interesting and a hundred percent worse actor.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, like, I, I, he doesn't know what movie he's in. Yeah, I know yeah. he said some things like on the record that like he's like, it was just a mess of a production um, Tia Leone is probably the most annoying character I've seen in a movie oh since Yardley Smith in Maximum Overdrive.
1: <laughs> okay, that's a good comparison. Yeah, and her, like, her, her hair annoying. and her makeup—the way they make her look in this movie—is horrible. I thought. Like, at least you got William H Macy with the with the great mustache, and he's 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 William H Macy. He looks good all the time, I, and I love him as an actor as well. And Tia Leone, she's. Like, kind of hit or miss for me on things, but they make her look so unappealing and annoying, like you said, in this movie. She
0: looks like a – she looks like a late 90s mom. Like, that's what she looks like. Sure, sure. Yeah, she's very reflective of, like, the years probably this film was in production.
2: And all she does is um,
0: scream. I know. She's <laughs> annoying. But, like, okay, there's there's some things about this I just want to get into. Like, just before I forget them, there's, like, weird, like, just moments in this movie where, like – This film was apparently like butchered in editing and in production where like they just constantly – like apparently the story is that they like wrote a script and started constructing sets for a complete different script and then like a month before like shooting they threw that script out and they had to basically write a script around what they've already like constructed the sets. Like That's apparently the context. So like you have a lot of just like a lot of shoehorning in this film. And that's why everything just feels like set pieces. It's because that's literally how they wrote the script. Like, okay, we have this location. What do we do with it? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's why we have the, like, um... Plain like airfield strip scene oh that's why we have the fence like like scene
1: yeah the, oh uh, that's why we the, have the we have the, the, the apocalypse cage,
0: now the, like bar yeah
1: yeah that that exact that's that would scream to me the hardest where it's just like oh we're doing this now okay foggy catwalk yeah. that's a thing and then we're on a boat when in, in the rain and then we got to stick our hands into piles of shit. And then, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, again, everything was based around the location, not like any for like appropriate story beat. And that's what, like, you'll have, like, probably one of the most jarring examples in this movie is toward the end. Like the third act literally just feels like, like, a bunch of just scenes just cobbled together. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene of like what Bill Macy sitting like on a log talking to Tia leone and the kid, and he's just like <laughs> going off on this thing, and like it literally has like like nothing to do with anything.
1: Oh yeah, all the family stuff is atrocious. Well, not even
0: not. I'm not even talking about atrocious. I mean like the definition of just superfluous. Oh sure, like you sure. could literally take the scene out of the movie. And it would not change anything. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And I'm just like, mm-hmm.
0: why'd you put this in here? Like, Cause you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah,
1: that's the scene where he says uh, he's like, "Remember that time we went fishing?" And I yep. like, I hit a, another I parked dude. the trailer. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I hit, I, like, I got an altercation with that guy, and he wanted to punch my lights out. Man, we should go fishing again. And that's the point in the movie where I'm like, I, I guess I should say this is something I'm, I saved for this record. I'm going to tell you earlier when we started Zach, I was watching this while I had another computer set up to record the fast and the furious movies. Oh
3: God. And I always
1: like to keep that computer, you know, whenever I'm recording something on an internet connection, I like to keep it in eyesight just so I can like see if anything goes wrong with buffering and and things like that. And there were points during Jurassic park three where my eyes were drifting towards fast and furious. That's how much I hated this movie.
0: (laughs) But like, I, I don't, that's the thing though, but like you have that moment with Bill Macy and Tia Leone And he's like, remember when I sat there, like, parked the bike? I I lost the trailer in the water, and then I did all this. And, like, this – like, I get it. They're trying to do character development. But, like, A, you do that, like, toward, like, the middle to end of the second act, Mm -hmm. not the middle of the third act.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: I'm like – and this scene adds nothing. Like, it's just that, like, oh, they've been, like, a dysfunctional family since the get-go. He's just kind of like a goober. I'm like, I get that. It serves no purpose. And then, like you have like all these other superfluous scenes. Oh God, it, it it goes back and forth like the the ending, where like they're they're on the little boat cruise, and then like they just escape from I forget what the exact like order of it all, but like they either just escape from the spinosaurus like on the river, or it's right before that where we have like the what the glory shot of them like on the river cruise, mm-hmm. and you sit there see all the dinosaurs, and, and the John Williams score starts sw- like swelling. And I'm like, this is like, like we've seen this before in every other movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like Sam Neill has seen this. Why would he be in awe of it? Like, if anything, he should just be like, he should like, while the other characters are like looking at this in awe, he should be rolling his eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, and yet, like every single dinosaur movie has that moment.
1: Uh, yes, uh, that's that's the uh, the whole thing when you know he's like. Some people want to be an astronomer. Some people want to be an astronaut. It's studying it versus going out into it. And then they see all the big dinosaurs. And they're like, wow, aren't we in all of this? These are the dinosaurs that aren't going to hurt us because the script doesn't want them to hurt us. And that was a moment in the movie where as I was watching it and, you know, the camera is getting closer and closer to these huge the dinosaurs with the real like giraffe-like necks and stuff. I'm like... Jesus maybe I should have watched Kong versus Godzilla cuz I wanted one of those dinosaurs to shoot a laser beam out of its mouth so bad and just blow them all up and I was hoping for anything at this in this movie.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. Is that like as I was watching this there's like it's this movie is intriguing because of just how like there there's not it doesn't have a point. Like, Absolutely. you can make the argument, like, even if you don't like the other Jurassic Park movies, and I'm not talking Trevorrow nonsense, I mean, like, the like, the first three, the first one, even though, like, obviously, it, it, it's, it's Rob and I's messages like, oh, family, mm-hmm. it at least has like the very superficial message of like, oh, let's not play God. And then the second one at least has the idea of like, okay, we've played God. Let's bet it's best not to meddle with it any further, and just leave well enough alone.
1: Turns out we though we played God again on another island.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this weird there's becomes this weird fascination like in the second and third film, like this Site B island. That's never mentioned in the first film. Yeah, yeah. But again, I guess that's just Michael Crichton like nonsense of like, okay, I'm writing a book to, to like make like to like what? Sell the rights of it to make a screenplay.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I, you know, works. It worked better in books. I don't know if it works well in books, but it works better in books when it's just like, oh, here's this thing we didn't know about. Because I feel like you can you can write it off better in a book than explain it away in a movie, if that makes sense. It's like the, um, it's like the earth elevator series unfortunate events where it's like, here's another tunnel to your parents' house. And if they played that in a movie, it'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like how many tunnels are here? But in the book, it works fine. I think it's the same thing with the two islands in Jurassic park.
0: But this is my problem with the two islands thing on narrative level. Is there any benefit to there being a second Island? Like it's literally the exact same thing as the first one, except we're told that it's different. Like if you were to watch Lost World or Jurassic Park, I'm sorry, Dinosaur (laughs) Three, and someone if they every time they said I don't even know which island's which, I don't know which one's Elisorna, Nublar, I don't know which is which, but like if you were to just say it's the island. What difference does that make?
1: Exactly. I, why I feel is this, the same way. Why
0: is a site Why is a site B any different than site A? It's the same thing. It's an island with dinosaurs.
1: hmm Ab- Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I don't know. I don't, I've never gotten it either. And it's uh. I think what they try and explain it away in what I think it's two when they say something like Oh, one island was supposed to be the amusement park. One island was supposed to be the research and the storage or something like that. But I'm I with wish. you. I think that's what... There's one line in that one scene with John Hammond where he says something like that. But it's it's just like, as as me as the audience member, and I think you're agreeing with me, and I think a lot of people agree, it's like, who cares? One island? Two islands? I mean, now, of course, the dinosaurs are in the whole world, as we know, in the current state of the franchise, but I'm totally with you. It's just like, it but doesn't is, matter.
0: But I'm glad you bring that up, like the like, especially what Trevorrow's doing now. Um, because, like, how... Dinosaur 3 ends is almost identical to how Dinosaur yes. Boogaloo is I, like I was almost thinking identical.
1: that same thing because he they were like – what the little kid is like, look at those pterodactyls. What are they doing? And I think Sam Neill is like, I don't know. They're probably going to go find a new place to nest. And I just wanted to hard cut to pterodactyls terrorizing a city somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which exactly. is the ending of like, Jurassic World too? Yeah, <laughs>
0: isn't it how? Like, yeah, I guess I gotta watch a dinosaur Boogaloo too. But like, it's just like I, I, I don't, I just don't. I guess my point being with this is like every single time we do a deep dive into one of these dinosaur movies, is like I just find their appeal m- all the more baffling.
1: Yes, hundred percent.
0: Like say what, like say what you will about like as much as we like criticize Marvel. In contemporary Star Wars, Marvel, at least, it's the same thing, but the wrapper is different each time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the idea of like, oh, like instead of getting, I don't know, a purple balloon, I got a blue balloon. (laughs) And next time I'll get a pink one. It's like it's the same thing, but at least it's slightly different. With these dinosaur movies... It's literally the same thing every single time.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Like, it's just like, there's no difference. It's just bad guy dinosaur going after two dimensional human characters. Life finds a way. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Like, that's it. Like, that's literally every single of these movies. And I'm just like, it's it's like almost frustrating at this point that like these movies continue to be like just like runaway successes. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, like even Dinosaur Boogaloo was, like, I guess, to the point where, like, it's almost unspeakable.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I'm with you. And I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier about how these movies have always, since the first one, kind of rolled with brand recognition. But I think even the first one, it's not even brand recognition. It's content recognition. For some reason which I don't understand, which I think I've made clear, a lot of people find dinosaurs wildly interesting. And to each their own. I'm not saying, you know, I don't I don't have less respect for you because you're really into dinosaurs. I might think it's a waste of your potential to be into dinosaurs, but I don't have less respect for you. But I think that's that's something they've leaned back on so hard for the entire five movies, is that it's just, hey... We have dinosaurs. And, and then they say, oh, dinosaurs aren't just, you know, aliens or anything that we've created or genetic abominations. They're things that actually existed and that, that gives some sense of, like, hardcore, deep-seated interest to people because I guess we learn about them in, in America, at least in first grade. And so I think that's, that's the problem, is that they're never any different because they know they can rely so heavily on the fact that people think dinosaurs are cool. It's almost like these movies are a traveling freak show, where people don't care about what else is the freak show. They just want to go see the web-toed boy or the bearded woman. I, I think that people don't care what's in these movies. They just want to see another damn dinosaur.
0: And I think, uh, getting at your point, is that like the Jurassic Park film franchise is like the Coca-Cola It's just that, like it's the (laughs) brand. It's like if someone were to take the same amount of money and make another dinosaur movie, it would bomb because it's just – it doesn't have that logo on it.
1: Yep. Uh, That's a great example because I've known – I've been – like stayed with people in their apartments, lived with people, and and they'll always get mad at me when I buy the – $1, $1, 2 liter of off-brand orange soda. And they'll be like, oh man, I really like Fanta. And I'm like, literally, every orange soda tastes exactly the same. So I'm going to save my $1.50 and not buy Fanta. But they get angry when it's not Fanta. And I think that's the same thing with this movie. They're like, I want Jurassic Park. I want the Spielberg. I want the, the spectacle. I want that ambling, schmaltzy feel that, of course, we've discussed in our you know AI that that might not be exactly the case. But they, they get annoyed because there's no other, it's like, what I know, Roger Corman had to do probably a million dinosaur movies back in Car the day. Source. I, Car I've never source. seen that, but there's probably a reason where yeah, people. It's go, a Roger, that, a is a, that is a
0: <laughs> It's a Roger Corman dinosaur movie made like in '94. It's great. Like Hashtag it's just like not it's,
1: my dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Um But yeah, I think. But like, I think part of the reason why dinosaurs resonate with mass audiences. Is it like I think it's our, and this goes maybe back to the original point you were getting at. Is like I think it's our equivalent, at least like in America, of like mythological creatures. Like it's like not, and that's that's not getting at whether they're real or not. That's another argument entirely. It's just the idea of having these like larger than like life creatures that we only Mm -hmm. know so much about. Mm -hmm. Like we have some record of their existence, but it's very hazy and just the idea of like wow like it's just that idea of it i think that's what people find mesmerizing.
1: oh absolutely it's why you have so many stories that play on uh you know did the aliens build the pyramids you have so many stories about you know how how did the mayans get wiped out and why do they have these premonitions it's it's something that's so within our so close to being within our reach that we let our imagination run wild which i have nothing wrong with i it's just dinosaurs that I find stupid. I'm more, I'm more interested in, like, the colony of Roanoke than I am with dinosaurs or something like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel that there's right. a little more Rob, tangibility um, to that.
0: <laughs> I think what happened, Rob, was the colony of Roanoke tried to make a deal to dinosaurs to build pyramids with, like, <laughs> lackluster and technology. And then they nagged on the deal and the dinosaurs wiped them all out. <laughs>
1: Okay, how do we how do we sell that pitch to mysteries at the museum?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like how we sell that pitch to Colin Trevorrow for the fourth? dinosaur Oh film.
1: God, yes.
0: <laughs> it's a pre. I like the idea of it's a prequel, like the Transformers films. We go back in time to like sixteenth century
1: dinosaurs. Jurassic World Four: Colon Roanoke. <laughs> <laughs> John, it's Sean Smith and
0: all them like i get i got what jamestown <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh that
1: would be awesome
0: <laughs> okay trevorrow where's our check oh boy um but no, okay i want to get into my context
1: this is for a brief yes, moment because obviously I this is, this is, I, I we can't we earlier. can't forget
0: this is part of the Fort year i think i asked right, you 40 minutes so like,
1: ago and now we're getting to
0: it <laughs> yes it sounds it sounds just like cinnamatis um so no like when this came out in 2001 I was slightly aware of it. I had no interest in seeing it. I don't think I'd seen any of the dinosaur films at this point. Um, I, I, I I, think I still have it somewhere. I, I, when we lived in Florida, my father had like – I don't even know what to call it. It was like a bar and a desk. There's probably a name for the type of furniture it was. But he had it in a room and Rob's he had like a couple office. things in it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's, like, Rob's like, I can write letters and have alcohol stored in it. I think I found I think I found perfection. So no, he had that and he had a couple of VHS tapes in there. One of them was the obligatory VHS copy of Jerry Maguire. Of course. Another one I think was Tin Cup. Um there was a couple like World War II like generic like documentaries. Sure, sure. And one of them was like Jurassic Park. And so I, I, I was always, I, I can still visually remember where it was, but like I never had any interest in watching it. Um, then my next memory of it was I was invited to a sleepover in, I want to say like like October, November of 2001. And like it was somebody's birthday. That's what it was. And there was a bunch of kids like over. And I remember the present we got the kid was a VHS copy of Jurassic Park 3 and Everybody was just like mesmerized by it, and like at this time again, I think this was well. This was after like the two thousand one summer. Everyone's just like mesmerized by it, and I'm just like, eh. I'm like, I, I, I don't care. And the big thing that they did was because, like, a, I should say, I hated, hated sleepovers. Okay. Um, much like, and Rob's gonna have to bleep this. Much like my <laughs> nephew, I always found sleepovers like the thing imaginable. I was just like. <laughs> This is lame. Like, <laughs> no. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, go home.
2: Go, go home. home. Like, <laughs> I like that.
0: It's like, it's like, so anyway, though, I remember we got this and was like, yeah, we should do like a reverse marathon of the Jurassic Park movie. We should do three, two, one. And like, I literally fell asleep within the first like three minutes.
1: I, did, I think I, I
0: woke I, up I, at the,
1: I like that phrase, reverse I, marathon, but. It would be a marathon in reverse. A reverse marathon yes. is like something short, right?
0: <laughs> you would think, um, but yeah, I remember. Like the, my only memory of that is that like the the marathon in reverse. Excuse me, Rob. And then well, no, like, I wasn't I saying you. Waking,
1: I don't got, think you got it wrong. I think the idiot kids who had these these sleepovers got it wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I remember waking up to the very end of the movie. And I can still audibly hear one of the kids saying wow lady way to set like way way to go and send the entire military but he said it very sarcastically which i find very (laughs) funny coming from like a nine-year-old in that's
1: good um (laughs)
0: um, but so like that was my memory and then it was like right before we moved to new york when i was still in florida it was like august of 2004 that like i got like on a dinosaur kick for some reason i don't know why and, like, I remember, like, going to Circuit City and buying the second film and the third film on DVD. Okay. Because, like, this was back in a time where, like, like the library didn't have it in Florida. So, like, you know, we went and this is well, like, so it was, like, Blockbuster or this. Sure. And pretty much that was my, like, only context with these movies until Jurassic World came out. Um, I was never a big fan of the Jurassic Park franchise. Um, I, I I, enjoyed the films It's like just entertainment as a kid Because it's kind of like I wasn't looking at them as, any, I wasn't really scrutinizing them In the sort of way I do now mm-hmm. um, But like that's like for the most part That's my context and obviously Jurassic World Happens and just the lights of fire Under me that has never gone out Yes um, but Between that and Doctor Sleep I'm kind of like The Centralia of film criticism <laughs> Like my ire for these films will never Ever be extinguished but yeah, like I just I never understood the fascination with dinosaurs. Like I had like some I think I had some toys from the third film. Like I think I had like a Jurassic Park like corral with a couple of Velociraptors. Um, I don't know why I would even would have wanted that. Sure. Like the main the main toys and Rob's gonna love this as we'll get into it next week. But the main toys that I I I had from any movie in 2001 was Planet of the
1: Apes. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot
0: wait for next week's merchandise. Did
1: you have a worm- I guess I should save it. I was about to say, do you have a wormhole uh toy, but I guess we should save that for next week. <laughs> there
0: there was a very interesting toy line for
1: that movie. That's okay, all I'm going to
0: okay. say. We'll circle back around to that like next week, but yeah, that was all I'm saying folks, Mark Wahlberg action
1: figure. <laughs> oh, everything we need in our lives, right? All we need. <laughs> Except, you know, when I think about a Mark Wahlberg action figure, I think I'd want one uh, with him and a fake potted plant from The Happening so you could make them talk to each other. (laughs) Because that is a scene in The Happening.
0: (laughs) What? No! (laughs) I
1: I think my favorite line from The Happening is the end when they run to each other and accept death and go, oh, I guess it's over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> zoe dashanel because she can't act
1: well still it's still my favorite line in the movie though <laughs> oh, oh my god can we real, real quick happened. just
0: have a brief can we can we have a brief
1: aside to say zoe dashanel can't act uh yes yes in that we can have a, the, that brief aside and yes in that i agree with you <laughs> she has a she's stick just man, and she sticks with, I, yes exactly i i uh this is gonna be a hot take i think but i put her in the same category as how i feel about matthew mcconaughey they got one thing in their personality and they use it to death and that's not interesting to me fair fair enough okay that's a better but better yeah. reaction i thought than i thought i was gonna get for you and zach's like we got the Did context really in 40 I was- minutes i can't talk about this now <laughs> <laughs>
0: Rob Rob's expecting me to go off on this weird sword just think like defending Interstellar. I nowhere. <laughs> I know Rob was baiting me for an Interstellar like rant. It's like, no, I'm not taking that bait.
1: I don't know. I I don't know. I got, I know it's like a 50-50 when I do my Matthew McConaughey. that you either, maybe it's like a 49 2 where you do Interstellar, <laughs> you do True, True Detective. Detective Season 1, or that scene in Wolf of Wall Street.
2: <laughs> oh, ooh.
0: He's really good in that one. Like, that uh, that see, exactly. That's why I said scene, that was the so two. Delightful. That's the two. <laughs> what about what about his moment in the Tropic Thunder? Can that
1: be in there? Oh, that's the TiVo moment's really good. Re- I, I got, got you, TiVo! TiVo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know. I, it's funny. I rewatched that segment for our um, Fast and Furious discussion uh, for the guy who's Flaming Dragon in yeah. Fast and Furious. <laughs> it's like I, I got – I t- it's like tug. I got Les Grossman head of the studio here, and he's here to talk to you about why he thinks he can wipe his ass with the TiVo clause from your contract. <laughs> we are flaming
1: dragon. <laughs> it's it's too, okay, that, that that might be like Matthew McConaughey is wildly good in Project Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that he is bolstered he, by an incredible script though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, flaming drabbing, fuck face. <laughs> You should bend over and fuck your own face.
1: Yeah, there there are a few times oh. where I will, like, quote slash paraphrase things from the Les Grossman monologue and... There's times where after I say it, I realize that I'm talking to someone who doesn't exactly understand what I'm saying, and to them, it came off as me out of nowhere going to them saying, "Hey, take three steps back and literally fuck your own face," really? and they're like, "Why did Rob get so angry at me right there?" And I have to be like, "No, no, no, it's a, it's a thing. It's a it's calm down. I'm not I'm not mad at you." Oh my god!
0: <laughs> I will fuck you up.
1: Uh, you know I what Matthew McConaughey so is actually really good in that I watched recently. A Full time to a time to kill the Joel Schumacher, the John Grisham the adaptation.
0: How to lose a guy in ten days? Zach's
1: like I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm naming all like the Matthew failure to launch. I'm naming all the failure Matthew to launch. launch. Ghost here. of girlfriends <laughs> past. <laughs> Was that him? I think yeah. Wasn't it him and Emma Stone? Emma Stone's the, the first one. No, she's not that. Is she?
0: she is, is she in there?
1: Yeah, she's the first one who's like, you broke up with me because I was nerdy, and now I'm here to haunt you. Uh, uh, yes. Yes.
0: Okay, Rob. If you this say has
1: so. to be. This has to be. Jesus oh my Christ, God. where's her film? Really why does is, is fucking every Wikipedia page say <laughs> filmography and then it's acting credits for Emma Stone for some reason? What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Ghost of Girlfriend's <laughs> Past, she plays Alison Vandermeer. <laughs> oh my
0: God, I guess that was what Emma Stone before she blew up.
1: Definitely, and it's Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner are the two leads.
3: Yeah,
0: I
1: thought it was Jennifer Garner, right? No, Emma Stone was in there. And that. it is directed by Mark Waters also directed Mean Girls.
0: Huh. Huh. Well, wow, wow. we really don't want to talk about this movie, do we? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, okay, some things just to touch upon um, about this movie and how it just, it's just so bizarre. Um, I, I'll just go through some things that like piss me off. Oh, oh that, um, first. you're
1: right. That's, that's probably the best thing we should do is talk about moments and stuff in this movie that makes it absolutely, you know, ridiculous. But I, there's something I did want to say because I know I've, I've mentioned it that I just and it's in a foregone conclusion that I hate these dinosaur movies. Upon re-watching this one for specifically this recording, because the last time I saw this was in my lead-up to our Dinosaur our dinosaur World episode, I, this is kind of what this movie made me think of. I, I hate this movie. I think it's boring. I think it's wildly uninteresting and tough to sit through. But I think the saving grace of it, and saving in a very loose term, is Sam Neill. I've always really liked Sam Neill as an actor— and I'm, I'm sure if you have any opinions on this, I want you to weigh in. But the, I think that he carries this movie, and this is a very incredibly light version of carrying, in the sense that, this is the analogy I came up with. You know those toy cars that you put down on a table and you like you pull back and then you let them go and yeah. they, they go off They're like the wind up, kind of wind up, but you do it with like, I, there's some name for them that I don't know and didn't look up. I feel like Sam Neill took this movie, and this movie was the toy car, put it down on the table and you know he he pulled it back maybe even pulled it back enough so it started to click so you know it's like fully charged whatever you thought of as a kid and he let go and he watched it drive off and immediately like take a hard turn into a wall and stop and Samuel just kind of went "Huh, how about that?" Like this movie could have had momentum and it just all fell away. <laughs> and I think Samuel is the best part about it.
0: <laughs> That's like I don't know though cuz like <sighs> This film had so much like production problems, had so many issues. Okay. I don't know if I can blame or, or blame or give the actors any credit because like Sam Neill just like his performance is just all over the place. and I don't know who's to blame for that. It's because he sure. just wasn't focusing, or it was because they literally just shot stuff and just pulled it from like different versions of the film.
1: Yeah, cohesively, I don't think his performance works, but scene by scene, I. Am on board with him, but I, I'm with you that it is all over the place, and and also on that topic, Zach, I, this was something that which I've I've used, I've been doing for a while now in cinemodities. I love diving into the background of these movies and and reading about you know production problems and legends and things like that. Uh, I, I can very, very safely say and confidently say I did not do any of that for this movie, which there's an insane amount of history and background if you you can read about. And from the little bit of research I did, the Wikipedia page seems to just be the tip of the iceberg. Like, there seems to be a lot of good information in those cited articles. But I just could not bring myself to sift through it all. I just really hate the dinosaurs. <laughs> so I don't know anything about this background stuff.
0: That's the thing. I think that's the only thing that makes this movie interesting. Is that like they just they did not know what to do with this. Like this was a development hell movie because it was like, oh, Joe Johnston wanted to direct the second film. Spielberg wouldn't let him. And then like after the second one, kind of was like like a critical bomb. It was like Spielberg's like, yeah, like I like I have to go lick my wounds. I'm gonna go do like Saving Private Ryan. And he's like, Joe Johnston can have like can basically do what he wants because I'm done with this. And then like Joe Johnston like. Joe Johnson has always been one of those people like in Hollywood that like really knows what he's doing yeah. in the sense of like uh, like like when it comes to like designing things and stuff like that though I don't know how good of a filmmaker he is um he's more of an idea man than someone who's good at like commanding like others to do like like to conduct his will
1: oh absolutely I think he lost that track somewhere along the line in his his you know history of filmmaking but of the movies of my childhood that he directed that I have gone back and rewatched, primarily of those being Jumanji, I think that's a well-directed film. Now, I haven't seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or the Rocketeer in forever, but I f- remember uh, Captain America, the first one, not being terrible, you know, directing-wise. Uh, I also think I didn't think been, it but, was terrible but, because I didn't know the uh, the hate I would have for the franchise later on. <laughs> Yeah, you know,
0: that was kind of the uh, calm before the storm. Yeah. Like, but the other thing I don't know – the thing I'm not sure, though, about um, Joe Johnston is that, like, I'm not sure if he is just someone who does what he's told. Oh, sure. As in, sure. like uh, – as in, like, is he, like, a good Brett Ratner in that, like – without the bad touch? Yes. Where, like, he – you always have to add that disclaimer, folks. Why like, can people the Brett Ratner I always have to say without the bad touch? Because, like, I think that's what I think about. Like, think about what, like, Marvel hired originally – for like a lot of these films, they did not hire auteurs.
1: No, no they I mean, hired people oh, like the in- closest auteur, but Kenneth Branagh, because of his Shakespeare yeah. stuff for Thor. That might be the closest they got. And Kenneth Branagh, I think, is still a he signed on to that to be like, yeah, I want to do this, but you know, I'll I'll take the notes because at that point they had to get Hawkeye in and and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I don't know. I, I, I've always felt weird attributing things to like Joe Johnston being like, oh, he's made so many of these like classic films mm-hmm. that were either uh, like every single one of his movies that's seen as a classic, quote unquote, has always been kind of like rediscovered, except for maybe Jumanji. Sure. Like every sure. one of his films is just kind of like, oh, like even Captain America, the first Avenger, everybody forgets. That, like that film, like just barely broke even. Yeah, like that was a film that, like, kind of just like what's the word drifted into the black. It did not like it, it did not do the Marvel thing of just like by like, God as a rounding success. Yes, this was yes. back when Marvel like really like still had no idea what it was doing, Um or I guess maybe maybe not know what they were doing, but maybe just still getting its footing. And so I, I just to this day in Rocketeer, Rocketeer is like a film that just out and out bombed. Yes, oh, and yeah. it's been. And that's the thing, like it's 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 a cult film. Like yeah, The Rocket is a cult film. There's a lot it's, of cult
1: following, there's a lot of nostalgia for these and stuff like that. And um, you know and I think what I was saying before also, to to your point about Captain America the first Avenger, that I think that they picked him up prob picked Joe Johnson up probably for that movie to follow directions. Because he had he was coming off what the Wolf Man was the movie right before oh, yeah. Captain America, I forgot about that. and that is I forgot one of the that. I think that's a that's one of the movies I don't need to do the research I know the troubled stories behind the scenes and stuff and and how badly received that movie was so I but that's the thing I I'm I'm with you in the early career maybe he had more of a vision became more of a, a follower of her directions and then he has to lick his wounds and do Captain America and eventually that turns out being one of the you know. Biggest things in existence. And then what? The most recent thing he's done is... Well, that Marvel, I mean, is the biggest thing. Is this, the most recent thing he's done is what? The four... The Nutcracker movie? Right? Did they, he do that? Well, because they fired Lassie Hallstrom from it. So him and Lassie Halstrom get co-director, I'm pretty sure. Because Lassie is is a madman who thinks he can write off the success of What's Eating Gilbert Grape and Chocolat and Cider House Rules for the rest of his life. And then they give him a fantastical movie, and he has, he's a nightmare, I think, is the story. I didn't, I didn't
0: even know I didn't even know that he would, that he co-directed that. I
1: think they get co-directing credits, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, they do, but like, I didn't even know that Joe Johnson was involved with that. Yeah,
1: and I think that's the last thing he Man. did. I, I think that might be since Captain America. Yeah, I, yeah, Captain, America, yeah
0: Captain America was 2011 and um yeah he uh that was 2018 so like he really like yeah like oh he did Hidalgo
1: yeah Hidal- Hidalgo is another good example of where I think the the double the double gut punch of Hidalgo and the wolfman he had to kind of lick his wounds and maybe do the four higher work of Captain America before that I I don't really know because like you said which I there's the one little bit that I did find Joe Johnston did want to direct a dinosaur movie. Like, after Jurassic Park 1, he goes to Spielberg and basically says, please let me do another one. I love dinosaurs. I'm just as dumb as the rest of them now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, he also did October Sky, which is, like, a classic. Oh, shit. I've only seen parts of that in a uh, high school class.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Joe Joe Johnston. I mean, and the movies of his that I, like I said, I have revisited like Jumanji. I think Jumanji is the most recent and I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in my adult life. I don't think those work because of the directing. They work because of the, like you said, there's a great idea there and there's performances that make it fun. Do I think either of those are great movies? No, but I love Rick Moranis and I love the idea of shrinking things down and like, oh, maybe someone's going to get cut up by a lawnmower. That's fun in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And Jumanji's kind of fun just for that 90s nostalgia factor of, oh, my family owns a shoe factory. And that's where we have to go, the old shoe factory. And it's like, that's the weirdest thing. And plus Bebe Newworth is in Jumanji, and I love Bebe Newworth. So chalk that up to the win column.
2: <laughs>
1: but
0: yeah, I, I don't know if Joe Johnson, he's a, I think he's, I don't know. Like part of the reason why he'll always be a legend too is because he was someone who worked on like the original Star Wars. Like, like yep. Boba oh, Fett yeah. is his brainchild. Absolutely. Um Yeah, I know. He's he's part of that like Lucas, like OG, I L M family. So like he'll all his legacy will always for the most part be untarnished. Like even like think about it like look at all the duds he had. Like like that's just astounding. You look at again. Like going in like chronological order, you have Honey I Shrunk the Kids, which is a success. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, that was supposed to be a Stuart Gordon film, Stuart Gordon like from you know who sort of, Yeah yes. from yep. a reanimator. And he basically saw what Disney was doing and was like, Nope, <laughs> nope, and like walked away. If I can't
1: uh, get sex in here, it's not worth it. <laughs> yes.
0: Rocketeer notorious bomb. Yep. After that, it's like basically four years later you get Jumanji, big success. He does nothing for four more years, October Sky Which is even though it's like a critically like well received, I from what I think it was not a big like it wasn't yeah it 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 didn't make any money like worldwide gross thirty two million dollars or I'm sorry thirty four million dollars on a twenty five million dollar budget, so it probably like after like video like sales and rentals it probably got into the black, Mm -hmm. and then two years later he does Dinosaur Three. Which, which pretty much stalled the series for, God, 14 years. Yep, yep. Um, he does Hidalgo, which is like, like God, it's the first time I ever fell asleep during a movie.
1: It's a horse movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember I saw that movie. I just I literally fell asleep during it. First time that ever happened. And then he hasn't do anything again for six more years and does The Wolfman, which is, again, a, a DOA film. And then the very next year, he does Captain America.
1: Yep. That had so, to be a four hire by Marvel. I I it just seems I think so it, likely,
0: but like everybody forgets though that like when that was like when they hired him that was like right after the Disney sale, like he got hired in like 2010. Okay, and so like it was right when like Marvel was trying to prove itself. It was it was right after the Disney sale, and they won like like people that like oh god the studio and like the industry felt were like comfortable choices. Sure,
1: sure. like oh, like comfortable you have is a good way to put it. Yeah.
0: You have John Favreau, Kenneth Branagh, Joe Johnston, and Joss Whedon.
1: Yes, like all, I, I like the, the most fact that you did not. Well, who is it? Terry Lister did the Hulk. Is yeah, Lucierre. Yeah, yeah, he is not in that category because he's the well. One that was the, safe. But. Well, yeah, but that
0: was also <laughs> they also they hired him in like 2006, and this is like before sure, Disney. Sure. This is when Marvel was just like in the midst of like oh god, like Fantastic Four and Ghost Rider. And like they just had no idea what they were doing. It was just kind. I don't even think it was them. Like, I think it was just the idea that like like these film like the like the brands were being sullied because like Fox was just basically shitting on them. And it was like, oh, crap, like they're going to destroy like the film rights to any of these characters. So like we have to like quickly with what we have try to like make sense of this before like Fox ruins it.
1: The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton was directed by Louis Leterrier. I had to look it up because if Terry – if I had pulled Terry Lister out of my ass, I would have been very proud of myself. But I got it wrong.
0: (laughs) But I think in like three years later, he does a film called Not Safe for Work with like – I don't even know what it is. That sounds
1: awesome though. Is that a porn? Is that one of those unsimulated sex movies you're always telling me about like Love? (laughs) fair enough. And then he
0: doesn't <laughs> do anything for another 4 years until Nutcracker. And I don't, I don't even know the context of that.
1: Sure, sure. And I think then the last the thing you hear about him now or not maybe not him but you hear about more recently is that he's going to do the fourth Honey I Shrunk the the blank film, but it's just called Shrunk and he's going to be the one to well, I always hear that they're like, "Oh, they're wrangling Rick Moranis out of retirement. He's going to come back and play his character in the new Honey I Shrunk the Blank movie." But I'm like, somebody already pulled Rick Moranis out of retirement, and it was Ryan Reynolds, so they could promote their stupid fucking cell phone company. <laughs> yeah. <That laughs> Which is the sucks. most depressing thing. <laughs> because one, I, I'm i like, Ryan Reynolds, I, I, you're kind of fine as an actor, I don't love you or hate you, but shut up, you don't know goddamn shit about phones, stop talking to me about them. Go sell your shitty gin that I know I won't want to drink.
0: <laughs> exactly, Rob. You tell him.
1: But yeah, I, I
0: I just I again goes back to the reason why he got hired for Captain America. I think he was put in charge of Dinosaur Three because it was a safe choice. Yep, yep. It made it made the powers that be feel comfortable,
1: and he he behaved. Yeah, yeah. I think he behaved, and he behaved to an extent uh, where he took. He took whatever they threw at him and agreed to it, and led to this movie being such a mess. Because I think that's something we said before, Zach, is that you know when you have a director, when you're playing it safe, you get notes from the studio. It's usually going to come out either very bland or very messy, or a combination of the two. You really need those strong voices in storytellers, in creative filmmakers, and directors to make something worth watching. And and safe is always going to lead. Maybe not always, that might be too strong. Safe usually leads to something like this, a, a, a mess that's loosely held together, the toy car that rams right into the wall, and everybody kind of shrugs when it happens.
0: Yeah, and I think that is part of the reason why. But at the same time, though, like, apparently from what I was reading, like, he did have say in this. Mm-hmm. Like, he was pushing back, and Spielberg, like, rubber-stamped his decisions, but, like, I, I don't know, like, if you're in a studio watching this, like, that third act is just so, so jarring And that, like, it just goes, like, all over the place. Like, you have, like, the final Spinosaurus attack in, in the water. Mm, mm-hmm. They shoot a flare at it. Like, the water catches on fire. And it just, like, goes into the night, and we never see it again.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And that's, like, your main antagonist. Just literally disappears.
1: Yeah, there really is nothing else between that, right? Because after that, they the phone call to Laura Dern has already been made, and then what? They get to the after the night, they get to the coast, and the military's there, right?
0: Yeah, and that's pretty much it. They're like, oh no, but like the thing with the Raptors and the eggs.
1: Oh, oh, of course, of course. With oh my god, hilarious visual of that raptor puppet nuzzling Tia Leone's head.
0: Yes, <laughs> that was well, wonky. Well, I will say though. Is that like I will say? There, like, considering those are obviously all like audio animatronic or whatever you want to call it, like real life like mm-hmm. creations as opposed to digital, like for close-ups and stuff like that. They there's something unnerving about that. Like the, di- the way the dinosaurs don't blink. There's just something like maybe it's like part uncanny valley, but sure. like the voli- like, Remember Blue the Raptor that when that like. Chris Pratt wants to fuck in the yeah, new movies.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think I called it his service Raptor, but sure.
0: <laughs> no, he wants to have sex with that Raptor. Like, we <laughs> talked about that.
1: That is, he wants to have sex with that. Dinosaur. Okay. Okay. So we're agreeing uh, that the Raptor he imprinted on.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, Yeah. He does that. He does that in the second movie. We see that. That's literally a scene in the movie. Like there's something cute about those dinosaurs in the fourth and fifth movie. In this, the raptors are, like, just, like, unnerving because they're, like – they're physical things that just, like – are just weird in how they look and move.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree.
0: And I and I like how that, like, adds to the uneasiness of the film because we don't know how dinosaurs move because literally no one's ever seen a dinosaur move before. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, like, you have that scene, like, where, like, for some reason, Tia Leone has, like, her hero moment where, like, Bill Macy's, like, get behind me. And think supposed goes, She's like, yep. "No, I will present the eggs."
1: They think like, you took the eggs because I, I don't know because you're the woman of the group. You're the only one of two women in this movie. <laughs> exactly,
0: and it's like, yeah. So I'm gonna present them, and like, I love how like the rat At one point, like when the raptors is going to like pick it up in its mouth i'm like wouldn't it be great if it just ate it <laughs> yes, just yeah, absolutely. <laughs> i'm like i would just i, I could i was just imagine like rob and i watching this in the theater like when it would come out and we just see like after this entire time it's like <laughs> we have to give it back its egg so like it doesn't get mad at us so like we get it to it and just eats it and it's like
2: <laughs>
0: like definition of like like it being the most like nihilistic like, like story be ever. She's like, oh, this is oh, all absolutely. for no
1: Yeah, that, that entire, tay Leone in this movie, like I already said, she's r- rather unappealing looking from her whole character design. she's Very homely. Sc- ho- very homely. She's screaming the whole movie, which is wildly annoying. The, she has her hero moment that's so weird with her rubbing heads with the raptor, like I said. Uh, she gives it, What I think is her all in the scene where she's freaking out at the dead body. It's not good, but I think it's her all. That's a doozy. Hey, okay, you're free, you're free. Get her back, Mr. Kirby. Amanda! I I, I didn't like her one bit, and I think that, oh god, what's the, um, there's that scene when I think it's been like three or four times that she's been screaming for her child, and everybody at that point is telling her to stop because it's attracting different dinosaurs. I really wanted them to double down, and... Her just to say, I know we're going to die on this island. I want to die with my son. And be like the the depressed, depressed, pessimistic version of the character.
0: <laughs> like that, but like how many times in this movie do we hear her and Bill Macy just scream the kid's name?
1: Oh, too many. A million. A bajillion.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all it is.
1: <laughs> uh, what's the kid's name, Eric? I think uh the kid sucks as well i really hate the kid so i, I think, think he's it's fine.
0: There. i i i think i think he's inoffensive like he's not great but like he's he's not he doesn't take me out of the movie like he doesn't like you know we've talked about a lot of kids in movies like it's very very easy for them to go down like frustrating alley where it's just like oh god make them die like i hate them so much
1: <laughs> that's how i, I felt. Think he, i wanted this I kid think, to die
0: <laughs> but like i know i think he's the least offensive kid in any of the of these films like mm. like like we've talked about we've talked about the kids in the fourth film they are just like annoying and just like they're they're not real characters. They're just stupid. Like you have the little brother with like the weird shaggy hair yep. and he's just crying because Judy Greer is gonna get a divorce. <laughs> and you know, like, the older brother that's just like checking out women like online for the dinosaur ride. And it's like, what is like who cares? And then like in the fifth film you have like the clone girl, which is I let them escape because they're like me and want to be free. It's yeah. Like, oh God. Nobody. Yes. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody
1: talks like that. Zach, That's you're so digging boring. up harmful memories that I didn't want on unearthed.
0: <laughs> and then, and then the first film, you have the boy and girl there, just like there but like they're kind of like they have their own moments cuz like he's just way too into dinosaurs and that's annoying mm-hmm. and the girl's just too like cool she's like dinosaurs are lame i want to go back to like my neon pink and green 90s fashion
1: if i remember correctly the like, girl in the first one is basically just scared face the whole movie like that's her point just to less. be scared yeah
0: yeah and then the second film it's just like the little girl has like gymnastic powers
1: oh my god i forgot about that <laughs>
0: Yeah. So the King the Third one to me is the least like egregious because like he's just there. Like he's doing the uh the, the newt thing from aliens where he's just like hiding out and surviving. Yeah and he helps them I, like get through it all. And it's like I, okay, like it could be worse. Like it, I honestly think it's the most it might not be a good performance, but it's easily the least aggravating.
1: That's a good point in context of the whole series, but in this movie it definitely got me in the beginning scene when he realizes that things are going wrong while him and the dude are parasailing, and he's like, make it stop! And I'm like, kid, listen, I'm going to unhook you and the rope, and you can go, you know, suck a dick down in the water with the other dead people. But then, Zach, he commits an atrocity. There Ah. is something in this movie that I was screaming at the television about, and I found it so wildly stupid. And it's such a small detail. (laughs) When Sam Neill and the kid find each other, or I guess when the kid uses the last of his smoke grenades to save Sam Neill and takes him back to the bunker, there is a very clear shot of the kid who, like, looks up into his bunker. And we get a reverse shot of the lantern that's hanging at the top of his bunker that is not out, but losing power. So the kid pops open a new lantern and replaces the old one. Do you remember this scene? This very, like, while they're talking, I think Sam Neill's eating a million beans or something like that.
0: Yeah, I remember the beans. The beans and the giant, like Costco cans, was yes, great. Yes,
1: that, that's going to come up with our snacks again, I'm sure, for both of us. But now, here's the thing. When we see the kid both look at, realize, and replace the this, re- look at and realize the state of this lantern and replace the lantern, there is clearly direct sunlight coming into his bunker. That, that is an unforgivable sin as far as I'm concerned. Why is he wasting a supply like that when you have full light coming into the bunker? You fucking save the lantern for when it gets dark and you might get eaten by a goddamn dinosaur because that's your life right now. That I, I lost my mind at that scene in this movie. And I lost my mind even harder later at a scene we haven't gotten to yet. Well, I guess think we kinda gotten to, where the little kid picks up the phone at Laura Dern's house. Oh Uh, god. So those two scenes, I literally was like, Maybe I shouldn't have a TV (laughs) okay the
0: thing but that's the thing though like there's so much in this film that feels like just pandering and padding at times yes like you have the uh the the why was it the global oh god remember Remember that in movies like the international phone remember that was always like a plot device oh yeah
1: the the satellite phone yep exactly
0: that was that That was just like like a plot line i love like i love and hate it i i still hate it but i find it amusing now we have that he calls laura dern and it's like, oh, good. Like, pick up whatever your name is. I forget what her name is in these movies. It's, it's She's Laura Dern. I don't yeah. care what movie it's in. She's Laura Dern. She's um, Diane, of was... course.
1: Uh, Sam Neil yes. calls her on the phone and goes, Diane. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> My first day on Dinosaur Island. <laughs> the coffee's great.
0: <laughs> so, you, ha- so like, you have all that. The kid picks up the phone, and it's like, go give the phone to mommy. I'm like, oh, God. It's going to be a stupid scene where the kid gets distracted. Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. what's on TV? barney and i'm yep. just like oh yep. somebody thought they were being clever
1: a dinosaur i did in fact grow up with i watched a shitload of barney from when i was young
0: i know all right okay rob can you give me this is a trivia time Uh-oh. what was the name of two of barney's two best friends oh shit are one isn't one they is initials <laughs> no they're like critters or whatever they are they're barney critters the technically critter. the dinosaurs they're gremlins <laughs>
2: Well, I'll give you I, a hint.
0: One name is initials. AJ. Close. Shit. Very, very Shit. close. You're only off by one
1: letter. I am you literally trying close. to tap in my complete and utter buried memories because I fundamentally okay, do not remember them at all. All right.
0: <laughs> AJ, is, you have one letter correct. Another letter is off by only one position in the alphabet. BJ. You were right, Rob. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. I had to go for it, and I love that I'm right. Okay. So, B... You are never going to get the
0: other one. You are never going to get the other one.
1: Balthazar.
0: It begins with letter B.
1: Balthazar.
0: <laughs> Balthazar <laughs> Getty. Yes.
1: I, I literally, until you asked me this question, did not even remember that he had friends, like, sidekick things. That's how long ago I watched Barney.
0: There is BJ...
1: And Baby Bop. babe oh, oh shit, Zach, stop, you can't, we can't do this much unearthing of things. Because as soon as you said Rob, Baby Bob, I had Rob. visions pop into my brain. This Rob, is not Rob, okay.
0: Rob, 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 are we having, un, un, are you unearthing dinosaur memories? I, I, I,
1: you are, in me. You're archaeologizing my brain okay. right now, and that's All not right, okay. Rob,
0: Rob, we've said we don't Jesus know if dinosaurs Christ. are real. But my real question is, though, for you, Rob, is Barney the dinosaur real?
1: (laughs) I'm going to say no, it's the Mandela effect. (laughs) See, the thing is, I I remember from my childhood, uh, I think Barney was, like, first. Wishbone was second, so I remember Wishbone a lot better, and I have also have the luxury of having all of Wishbone on my hard drive and watching it in very drunken states to remember more about it. (laughs) <laughs> but the thing I remember more about Barney is that there was like a Barney parody in the Animaniacs that I really found funny. And I feel like more of my memories are tied to me remembering Barney being parodied than the actual Barney.
0: Well, kids, we have an extra special supery-doopery-showsy-wowsy for you today. Yeah. We've got some guests today I'm sure you're going to lovey-dovey love. Those
3: cutesy-wootsy, zany-wany Warner Kids. <laughs> it's so great to have you here. We're going to have a funsy onesy, good time.
0: We can laugh and cuddle and sing happy songs. Won't that be fun?
2: Yay! Ah! Let us out, mister. <laughs> Please. We've
0: Make it stop! Oh, you kids just need a great big squishy wishy hug. Everyone knows a hug is a gift you give yourself. I'm gonna be sick.
2: You know, Yakko, revenge is
0: a wish your heart makes. And I know just the wish.
1: Hey, Baloney, want to play an extra special game? I lovey-dovey love games! Then this one's sure to have a big impact on you. Now here's how you play. But now that you're bringing these up, didn't Barney sing a goodbye song at the end of every episode? Am yeah, I... I love you. Jesus, you stop! Oh my me. God! Can we talk we're about a, a mo-
0: happy family? The four year, year has ruined me. The four year has ruined me. Da da to you. Jesus, won't Christ. you say you love me too? Ben um, Affleck's Barney. birthday cannot come fast enough. <laughs> because we were talking about Barney. <laughs> Rob, Rob, I don't want to blow your mind right now. Yeah, but, too late. But but but, but Rob.
1: There was a Barney movie. I don't know if I saw that one. Rob, there's, a bar, there's a Barney what's movie. What's it called? Barney Barney 2? I don't a Dinosaur in the City? <laughs> Is it called you Back? Because I remember that.
0: <laughs> Rob, I think it's just called like Barney the Movie.
1: Okay. I don't know if I saw that. I my,
0: saw it in theaters.
1: My memories of Barney are so I deep down my, there.
0: I do not have my ticket stub, though.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, but but to get back to this scene that is absolute cancer, Barney's <laughs> on the TV. Isn't that the stupidest thing that they could have ever done? I think so. <laughs>
0: I think it's frustrating. I don't think it's stupid. I think it's frustrating because someone thought they were clever. It feels yeah, like a yeah. scene that they threw in there to appease test audiences. Like, oh, we need a comedic beat right here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there that it's uh, frustrating is a good word. I think I'm, I'm saying stupid in the same vein in that, you know, somebody probably had that idea and went, oh, that's it. Like, it's one of those things I always make the joke where – you know, they're sitting in the writer's room, and someone comes up with that, and they go, you know, they they clap their hands and go, well, we're done for the day. Like, that's our masterpiece. So I'm with you. That 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 always frustrates me because it's low-hanging fruit, I, at least in 2001. I don't know when Barney – is Barney even still around? I don't even know.
0: Barney – I don't think I've done, like, a redux of Barney, but, like, <laughs> I think it's still somewhere in the cultural osmosis. Can we please get
1: – when you said redux, it made me think. Can we please get – A realistic, gritty Christopher Nolan Barney remake.
0: (laughs) Okay, Rob, I will see your Christopher Nolan Barney and raise you a Zack Snyder Barney.
1: Oh, oh God. Well, I'm going to say no to that because I don't want to see anything by Zack Snyder. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I just Uh, typed Barney and friends into Google. People also ask, is the man who played Barney in jail? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I want to let our audience... I don't want to click it. I don't want to know. I just love that that's a thing. So I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe go find out your own. I love that fact. I've closed the tab. It's done.
0: <laughs> it's done, Rob. Put it into bed?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, he played a dinosaur, so he should be in jail. Absolutely.
0: Because dinosaurs don't exist anymore.
1: <laughs> anymore. <laughs> they never existed, Zach. <laughs> so yeah, that Fair. that scene is horrendous. I, I don't even like how... It, it gels together in the sense that Laura Dern eventually does get the phone. And the realization that her just hearing Dinosaur Man screaming is enough for her to, like, like. I, I don't think it's a bad idea that she gets the uh, the gist that he's in trouble and she needs to do something about it. How does she have that much pull to get that many people? Like the military, right? That feels like an add-on. Definitely, definitely. And It feels like
0: a scene from a different movie.
1: I, I, oh, 100%, absolutely. And we even get, what, that stinger from the kid that he's like, who'd you call? She knows the Marines and the, the Nash Coast Guard or whatever he says. And it's like, she's a good friend or whatever stupid line that's said. But my my actual note about that scene is the entire Laura, I quote, the entire Laura Dern phone call sequence with the little kid is batshit insane and wrong and needs to be stopped.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's dumb. Like, it doesn't need to be in the movie. Also. It's
1: pandering. Why? Well, I get that, you know, the kid's the only one in the house, as it establishes what? I think Laura Dern is saying goodbye to the, the, the we as we don't know, the boyfriend, the husband, the the escort she's hired. We have no idea. But the little kid's the only one in the house. And I would totally get that, you know, maybe the little kid is doing a monkey see, monkey do and picking up the phone. But it kind of comes across that Laura Dern has taught her three-year-old child to pick up the phone. Because the kid is doing nothing for some reason. This scene starts in the kitchen, the TV's not on in the kitchen, it's on in the living room, so the kid is just sitting in the kitchen, doing nothing, waiting for the phone to ring, and because of that, it implies that the kid is conditioned to pick up a ringing phone. And I, I don't know about you, Zach. This might get into, you know, how do we raise our kids. I don't want a three-year-old picking up the phone because the 3 year old's going to agree to put my name on a goddamn just spam caller list. He's going to get my credit <laughs> card number. And maybe that was different in 2001. But I, I feel like until the kids at least, I don't know, 20, tell them not to touch the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh, no, the whole thing came off as so weird to me.
0: That whole sequence just feels like an insert to pander to the audience sure
1: absolutely absolutely i'm, I'm with you it, it was terrible it was yeah. my least favorite scene in the movie absolutely
0: i i wouldn't be surprised that if you looked at the original like draft of this if laura dern wasn't even in it everything was done with her was like after they shot this. Ah, and yeah. everything with her i because she's only in those two scenes mm-hmm. and i think like even the thing at the end of the military showing up she has no visual part of that film
1: absolutely and which would have made perfect sense right
0: I think there probably was a studio note that said, like, we need Laura darn here.
1: Yeah, because honestly, the way the movie sets it up is that they could have done something with the satellite phone. They could have had the joke that they do have in the movie where the satellite phone's ringing, they pick it up, and it's like, hey, we're here to offer you a deal at our restaurant or whatever the hell it says. And then they eventually do get the satellite phone to work. And, uh, you know, there's some line of dialogue that, you know, Sam Neill calls, calls the government, you know, to some extent. And the payoff joke at the end of the movie would be, in fitting with the rule of threes, William H. Macy would say something like, oh, the U.S. Embassy did help us. Because two times earlier, he says that they're useless. And if you just leave Laura Dern out, that would have worked, not better or worse, I'm saying, it would have worked just as fine for the military to get there, I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: Like I said, it feels so out of, like, place. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. It
0: leads me to believe that was something that was done in editing.
1: Sure. No, no, you're right. I didn't think of that, but it— you you could absolutely be right about that.
0: I think that's the issue. Like even the I think even too like, with the fact of his like his little like uh, oh god dinosaur buddy guy who like dies during the pterodactyl sequence and then like he just comes out of nowhere yes. and like lives at the end. Yes. That that feels like that feels like another studio note.
1: Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. The um you know the the kids the we get the kid shot of the kid's face and his eyes light up and it cuts to Sam Neill going over to Billy and he's like Billy you're still alive and he's like I got your hat. And Sam Neill's like, well, I guess that's important. And I'm like, that's not funny at all. <laughs> Great Sam connection. Neill's like,
0: I, Sam Neill's like, I was wearing a hat.
1: <laughs> they should have had this, The scene should have been Billy like gives him the thumbs up, and he's like, I survived. And he, Sam Neill's like, oh, my God, Billy, I'm so glad you made it. And Billy just goes, and I got a raptor egg and pulls up another egg. <laughs> And the government's <laughs> like, we'll take that. <laughs> but w- w- crazy connection that I – because there was a few people in these movies I hadn't seen in so long. You know, not Sam Neill, not tay Leone, that stuff. But, like, Billy, um, the guy, whoever plays the kid, Eric, you know, stuff like – Trevor Morgan plays the kid. The most interesting thing I found, the guy who plays Billy Brennan, uh, Sam Neill's younger protege in this movie, is Alessandro Nivola, who goes on to be – the snooty fashion designer in The Neon Demon, the one who says oh. to Elle Fanning, like, you got it, and, and talks about natural beauty versus synthetic beauty in the restaurant scene, that's him. Oh, I that. I, I, Yeah, I was just like, wow, that's really cool. That is wild. And I was like, maybe I should watch The Neon Demon instead of this dinosaur movie.
0: <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly yes, with that. Yes, but I,
1: I thought that was really cool because he looks, of course, they're so many years apart, but... I never would have been able to tell from memory or by looking at those movies, no matter how close I watched them together, without this research. But yeah, we have a Neon Demon connection to Jurassic Park 3. And also, Alessandro Nivola will be playing Dickie Moltisanti in the upcoming Sopranos prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark. And spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't seen the entirety of The Sopranos, or at least the first season, and understand this, he will die by the end of the film. (laughs)
0: Fair enough.
1: Okay, okay. So, uh, other moments, another moment. I think that I wanted to mention, uh, maybe more in the in the positive column, in the bird cage. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that there might be something in the positive column in the pterodactyl sequence? There is one really cool shot. I think after the kid gets picked up by um, the pterodactyl, and we get like this this view of the foggy bridge with our people on it, and the camera kind of it moves a little, which is <laughs> interesting for this movie. That's neat, but I love, which I think you, you must have picked up on, when they're trying to escape from the pterodactyls, we get to see Sam Neill kick a pterodactyl in the face. <laughs> and it's pretty damn funny. I picked up on that. I <laughs> oh, it's, up on it's that. It's so quick, and honestly, it does nothing. Like... It's, it's, it seems like a setup for the joke of like somebody punches another dude in the jaw and then their hand hurts and they go, ow. But they don't do that payoff. They just have Sam Neill kick the pterodactyl in the face and they keep running. And I chuckled at <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but I wish I had.
1: Sure, sure. I, I guess also, you know, saying that that scene with Laura Dern's kid is my least favorite, um, my favorite scene in the movie is when Sam Neill realizes that they are trying to land the plane on Dinosaur Island. Like, I love that—maybe not love, but I really enjoy that that little scene where the pilots are like, the landing strip is just up ahead, and he goes, no, 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 William H. Macy goes, no, 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 don't land, we want to circle first. And Sam Neill is like, you can't land here, we're all going to die. That's a very neat moment, just because I wish this movie played up more of Sam Neill's PTSD— Other than the talking raptor, because that basically seems to be at all where it exists. But then the movie undercuts itself by the next scene is, you know, Taylor Leone screaming into the megaphone and then screaming back at William H. Macy. And it's goofy.
0: But that's okay. I'm glad you brought that up because, like, we have those moments, but feel like they're once again, like, recycled for dinosaur boogaloo.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Where
0: you you have.
1: Yeah. And
0: and that's what just – again, I just question everything that's going on in this movie. Maybe it's not fair after a while. But that's the thing. Like the circ- like when they say, like, oh, we're going to sit there circle the island, like – and uh, I don't know. It's it's just peculiar. It, I, I just There's just so much about this film that just feels disjointed. Yeah. And that yeah. like, oh, you have the idea of like, oh, like he's afraid to go back to the island, which feels like its own plot to the movie. Yeah. And then like it goes nowhere so quickly.
1: I, exactly. that, And that's the thing I want them to own into. I want to see a movie – about, you know, Sam Neill having PTSD while, have, while having been, you know, trapped on this island again. It's like the same thing I've said about the, the one time I saw Iron Man 3. I want them <sighs> to lean into Tony Stark's PTSD so hard, and it's basically an afterthought from what I remember. Like, I, I want that character study, but I think that goes back to what we said way back at the beginning of this conversation... That doesn't matter to these movies. The thing that matters to yeah. these movies, the dinosaurs and the Marvel, is the spectacle. It's the, oh, isn't it cool we have dinosaurs versus isn't it cool that we have, you know, Iron Man in a suit again and that type of stuff. Or the Mandarin. <laughs> I'm the Mandarin. Uh, I'm the Spinosaurus. <laughs> you said you wanted the Mandarin.
2: You're looking right at him. Who's always me, Tony? Right from the start. I am the
0: Mandarin. But that's the thing about, like, Sam Neill's character in this, is that, like, his motivation, like, very early in the film, he's like, I'm never going back to the island. And then it's, okay, I guess I'll go back because they'll pay for my funding. Mm -hmm. Then once they get to the island, he seems pretty okay once he's there. Yeah, exactly. Like, he wants to get off the island, but, like, he doesn't seem too bothered by, like, how the events have, like, unfolded. No, not at all. Which, again, which, again, goes back to the inconsistency of it all. And it's like, where did it come from? It's, it's like like where did like – there's like two or three different Alan Grants running around this
1: movie. <laughs> Which is why we constantly have in the score the Lupe Fiasco song, Alan Forever, where Alan Grant is running around and we hear, go, Alan. Go, Alan. Go, Alan. Oh Alan <laughs> the movie does, the movie tells us that we want Alan to go, but uh, I don't think it I don't think it tracks. I don't want Alan to go yeah. <laughs> uh, I think um the the other thing another little moment, I guess in relation to the rest of the series, you know, speaking of Sam Neil in context of the first one, it is fairly interesting to me that you have. Sam Neill, you know, as Dr. Alan Grant, talks to the little kid and go, did you read Malcolm's book? Who, of course, is Dr. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum's character. And the kid goes, it was preachy. He seemed to be high on himself. And I'm like, just you wait, kid. You know, maybe nine years, the internet's going to start sucking Jeff Goldblum's dick. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that little moment, I felt that that was maybe a little more subtle of a touch because the line is literally, did you read Malcolm's book? And if you don't know, if you don't remember, you know, Ian Malcolm as that character, as iconic as the world might want us to think he is, which I don't think he is at all, I'm glad they didn't do something where, you know, the kid, while in the bunker, he's like, Sam Neill, I've read all of your books. Here they are. And then he also pulls out Jeff Goldblum and says, I didn't really like this one, though. Like, it leaves a lot, it puts a lot more faith in the audience than I expected a movie like this, too, which I'm happy about. Or... I'm content with, I guess. <laughs>
0: but like, it's just, it's just a weird name drop though. Cause it's not the only mention that he, that character gets in the entire film
1: in the, in the third one. Absolutely. I, I think he's, he's of course the protagonist of the second one. That's all he gets in the third one. There's not even a mention of him in between uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern, when they're talking about Raptors, they don't mention Jeff Goldblum at all. And if I remember correctly, he's not even mentioned in the fourth one. It's just till the well, fifth one when he becomes the bookends.
0: Well, yeah, in Jurassic World, like Trevoro had no, it, it was a reboot of the franchise.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: Is it wasn't until like Universal realized they could make even more money by like shoehorning the like OG characters into it. Yeah. Which is which is what Trevorrow was doing for the third one.
1: <laughs> is is Laura Dern signed on to the yes. the yes. Okay, okay. Jeez. The
0: original three are coming back.
1: God, Laura Dern She's gonna be Diane to me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I I think other other moments. I don't think I have any others, but because we mentioned them all, I mean, it's just I
0: got two more. I got okay, two okay, more. let's go for it. Uh, the parasail that says dinosaur and soar spelled S O A R. I was that made me angry.
2: Like I was yeah. yelling at
0: the TV when I saw that. I'm like, if there ever was a way to make me like hate a movie right out the gate, <laughs> it's a pun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I understand.
0: <laughs> then we see it again later on when, like, Billy's like using it to like tackle like a pterodactyl.
1: Oh, and those effects of him—the close-ups of him flying through the canyon—are nausea-inducing. Not only in the way they're shot, but how bad they look. Like the compositing looks horrendous. And oh, oh, like I, I as much as I just like that first Jurassic Park, you know, you got to remember like how. How well it's the Spielberg thing, not even just Jurassic Park of Jaws, like how little that thing is used, whether it be for behind the scenes reasons or not, that adds a lot to it. This had this, they were laying on too much. We got Paris sailing through a canyon, and it's like, no, just get on the boat, you know, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I no bueno, no bueno. Um, the next thing is like, is this movie the first time we ever see 3D printing in a movie, like a major blockbuster? Because oh. Billy 3D prints a Velociraptor like vocal cord, and the time I'm just like, like this is legit 3D printing. Yeah, no, you're you're
1: not. That's a good question. So, so when we say 3D printing, we're talking about realists. because I'm sure there's a sci-fi movie from like Lawnmower Man probably has some shit where it's like we made you a leg or something like that. But that would be like digital reconstruct printing. Practical. Th- you, that's a good question. I don't know. But you're absolutely right. It is realistic 3D printing as we know it, it seems, as we know it today.
0: Yeah. So there you go. And then he makes a woodwind
1: instrument. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: And then the last thing is just like how the movie ends where we have like the helicopters taking them back to the thing. And we Mm -hmm. get like the pterodactyls, like you said. And then like the film fades out. And then like it fades back into like the pterodactyls just like flying across the sunset. And I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm like, why are we fading back into this? Like, it's just like a 20 second scene, but like, is, is it supposed to like, like, like what? Like, um, like I said, a, again, you. weird, weird moment to kind of just conclude your movie with.
1: Uh, absolutely, especially since we get that kind of weird edit to it. You know, it, it makes me think of the, um, the joke of the Celine Dion song in the Thumb Thumbtanic movie where she's Celine Thumb. Thumb, thumbing Dion, whatever it is, where she's like, my heart will go on, and she, like, emphasizes the last syllable, which no singer would ever do. It's like that's what this movie does with the ter- pterodactyls, where it ends and then hits you real quick again one more time.
3: It's just goofy. It's just goofy.
1: Yeah. Actually, speaking of goofy and, and disconnectedness between this movie, in before we get the talking raptor scene, when Sam Neill and everybody are on the helicopter— there's that conversation between him and Billy and Billy's like, you know, why'd you take me along with this? And Sam Neill says something. And then at some point in that conversation, Sam Neill tells his assistant, we probably won't see anything. Wh- wh- yeah. Why? Does he think all the dinosaurs are dead? What does that I think mean? I think,
0: <laughs> I think he thinks they're probably just going to tour like the perimeter. Maybe like, I, I, that's what, how I interpret it as is that maybe they
3: are just going to like stay like, at a distance.
0: OK, I, I that that's in foliage and foliage. Like there's so much like dense brush, maybe I sure. Sure. And I, I guess
1: I don't know. I don't Game know. off is so strange to me. And I think this is at the beginning of the movie. You know, here we're well before even, I think, the 20 minute mark at this point. Um, I, I think that, you know, I'm also so confused by the dialogue, especially, you know, which we should. I think we should mention because we haven't yet in the scene with the fundraising when Sam Neill's giving his speech about raptors can talk, I swear, I've seen it. And he you know, says to the audience, are there any questions? And then everybody raised their hand. And his, his line is, does anybody not have a question about Jurassic Park or about the incident in San Diego, which I did not witness? So right there, the movie straight up says it doesn't care about the events of the second movie. Like it's mm-hmm. saying, you know, I, I wasn't there for that. I had nothing to do with that. Don't ask me about it. And then the person who asked the question immediately talks about the second island and second and scientists going there which undercuts I think all the work that you did in the line saying I did not win- witness the incident in San Diego. It's it's bonkers that they would they would undercut themselves like that so quickly. So the dialogue lost me the script lost me almost right off the bat. I guess I should say,
0: but I think that's another moment where right? it just feels like I told you we're introduced to Alan Grant three times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just inc- I'm just inclined to believe that at least one of those was added on as a way, like, maybe audiences were confused. Like it j- it just feels like, like again, it doesn't jive, well, the- and that's why I think it was. Just like- they're just trying to over-explain everything. Yeah,
1: the Laura Dern and the fundraising scene, those are definitely you, – you cut one of them. And like you said, the Laura Dern thing, maybe that was edited after the fact and they threw it in there. I kind of do like the fact, you know, weird, you know, cinema sadistic, cinema mod sadistic, however we call that term. I love that Alan Grant's third introduction of the dig site – Starts with a sexy archaeology moment when the guy's holding the girl's hand and he's like, "You gotta feel the difference between the bone and the rock, but they're actually oh, yeah. all rocks." Oh, and I'm like, "This is the least attractive thing I've ever seen."
0: But <laughs> so there's just jarring sequence in this movie.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Oh man,
1: that's good. That's this good.
0: movie, this movie is just kind of like nonsensical.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's nonsensical, and I don't think it's even the good kind. I think it's the difficult kind of nonsensical.
0: That's what I mean. I think it's a genuine example of like something like Sugar and Spice, where it was just like, this is not a movie. This is product.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you.
0: This so, is not a movie. This is just it's it, it's the equivalent of just turning
1: out turning out product. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know, kind of my my big final takeaway from this movie. Uh, which was was my last note, Uh, the biggest failing of this movie is its existence. Let's get that straight. The second biggest failing of this movie, assuming that it has to exist, is that we don't get subtitles for the raptor speak at the end. (laughs) Wouldn't it have been amazing? Like, I was watching that scene where all the raptors are talking to each other, both, there's two of them, where they're in, like, they're huddled, or not huddled, but, you know, they're in, like, triangular or square formation around our group of characters and you the movie is clearly implying that they're talking to each other how great would it be to just get that video footage I think you and Isaac and our audience and anybody could have a field day putting in nonsense as the subtitles and it would make this movie infinitely better. Like, I wanted that last scene with the eggs to be something like, we need to get the eggs. And it's like, we have 30 more eggs. Why do we need these two? Can we finish this? I want to go home and watch my soap operas. You know, like, I was just thinking like, of all the things you could put in. There should have been subtitles. I, I think that's what I think would have elevated this movie at least, I don't know, 16, stars in my book
0: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned it because i kept having those moments of like hitler in the bunker while watching those <laughs> and, and like because like if that's, but this is goes okay i'm glad you're bringing this up because i I'm, I almost forgot this but like all, those sequences at the end with the raptors like after they give them the eggs and they're just like barking at each other which like, i hope you insert a clip of it now if you haven't already and she's like ur, ur, it's terrible. it's, it's like And it just goes on for like minutes at a time. And I'm like, you know what, remind me of, and this is where I said, like, it gives, like, this film gave me Trevorrow vibes. Like it feels like Star Wars holiday special of like the Wookiees just talking Ooh, to each other for like five sure. minutes, yeah.
2: And, and like
0: and like you have these prolonged sequences of just these raptors just like making these weird barking sounds at each other. And it's like, what is going on? <laughs> it's like, and that just, and that feels like something Trevorrow would do. Just be like, okay, we're gonna have three minutes of just raptors barking at each other. Yep, yep. It's like, like why? Well, because I can. Like, and it's just gonna be like, I'm gonna do something inexplicable because no one can tell me no.
1: Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Hear me out, Zach. Jurassic World, uh, three Jurassic, three World, whatever, Dominion, whatever it's called, whatever it is, when it comes out. Colin Trevorrow movie, which the I'm with, I don't think I'm completely with Zach on how much I want to see it, but the only saving grace is that it is a Colin Trevorrow movie. I want a scene, since, of course, the established franchise and world at this point in dinosaur land is that the dinosaurs are now out and about with everybody. I want a scene with dinosaurs attempting to assassinate somebody based on a book they've received. (laughs) And I want it all done in raptor speak. Like, I want to see a raptor with headphones on go up to an ATM, and in the headphones you hear, ah!" and then the raptor takes something out of the ATM, turns one direction, you hear, and it goes back the other direction. Actually, honestly, don't make that Jurassic World Dominion. Just remake Book of Henry with raptors. Colin Trevorrow, I will give you I got a crisp $2 bill for you if you'll do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The man is delightful, Rob. Trevorrow is delightful.
1: The the sounds in this movie are terrible. I think the raptor noises are horribly annoying. And also I noticed that in one of the scenes, I'm pretty sure it's the exact moment when Billy is hanging from a rock uh, on the parasail. That we see, like, the wide shot of the um, pterodactyl circling him, and we're hearing them make noises, and one of them sounds exactly like a crow cawing. And I'm like, that's just lazy. Yeah. <laughs> So my question is, if the raptors are making noises and Sam Neill's so convinced they're talking, why isn't Sam Neill convinced that every dinosaur ever had a language with each other? Because even the Spinosaurus makes a noise. Even the tiny ones, which we, from the start of the second movie that eat the little girl that we see in this movie for a moment, even they're making, like, chirping noises. Sam Neill's on this weird fucking track of if anything makes a noise, it has intelligence. And it's like, well, guess what, Sam Neill? I have like a fucking grown tube that you turn over, goes round. Wow. Does that mean it's talking to somebody else? It's it's ridiculous.
0: I, 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 <laughs> I can imagine like Rob's like thing is like, oh god, from what was it? Meet the parents with Robert De Niro, and he's like, <laughs> like, and like, and Ben Stiller's going through the whole thing about like, oh, like you can milk anything that has nipples, and Robert De Niro's just like, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? And like, i just like to imagine like Rob's just like anything that makes it's like, okay, Doctor Grant. Anything that makes noise, is it talking? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean that's how it kind of should come across and how I, I really – this is another issue I have I think with people who study dinosaurs and things. We don't have first-hand, second-hand, third-hand – like, we don't have really any knowledge of it at all. Like the other day. Here's a good example. I was, I was oh, cleaning boy. a bowl oh, that I boy. used for cooking, and it was a stainless steel bowl that I was mixing stuff in. And while I was cleaning it, like, while I was, you know, moving my hands over it while it was covered in running water, it made a really high-pitched squeaking noise that I was like, whoa, that took me off guard. Dr. Grant, what did it say to me? What did that bowl—am I hurting the bowl? Did I turn the bowl on? Clearly you think there's some communication and intelligence happening. When thunder happens, what is the earth saying to us, Dr. Grant?
0: Hmm?
2: Hmm?
1: Rob, I I think the clouds are trying to talk to you. I think the clouds are trying to talk to you. (laughs) Well, Zach, we know the clouds tell us they're sad. That's why it rains.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm only happy when it rains. I don't
2: know.
0: The
1: whole – that's another thing. I was going to get into the whole, like, do we think dinosaurs made noise? And I know we got into this a little bit. I just didn't dive into any of it. I couldn't, and I was just like, oh, God.
0: I like the – I just love the idea – like the dinosaurs in this, like the velociraptors, just make noises similar to, like, the uh, aliens in Mars attacks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful if the raptors pop up. Another, Another edit and give them subtitles with the raptors just going, Ah! 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 Be great. I don't know. I think, but my whole, that whole language thing is, I, I think I... I consciously didn't go down the rabbit hole because I hated thinking about this movie. Subconsciously, I probably not go down it because I can't talk about do we think dinosaurs can talk because it would inevitably lead into I, do I think the beep-boop trash cans can talk with R2-D2 being understood, which is a whole rabbit hole. So, Zach, be happy I didn't dive into that. <laughs> I knew where to draw the line at do dinosaurs exist. <laughs> oh, go, Alan. Um,
0: so do you have anything else about this movie?
1: I I think uh, there, there's one little last fact that I want to mention about this movie, but I want to save it for the very end when we talk about what we're doing next week. So, I All I right. I, if I, right. I don't so, have anything else, so I'm ready for questions. If you are, unless you have I don't know, you got like six dinosaur toy merchandise times to talk about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's always merchandise spotlight, but nothing really too interesting for this film. Okay. No, okay. I have I, my I guess, concern. This is going to be the last time we talk about dinosaurs. For a until, while. Uh, Colin while. Until Colin Trevorrow next summer. So, my question is to you now that we know that uh, God's been known for a while now, like, again, Dinosaur 3 was supposed to come out. Well, Dinosaur 3 2 was supposed to come out um, this <laughs> summer until obviously the world came to an end last
1: year. Okay, that might be the greatest and... way to rank a of, of soft rebooted franchise where there's like Jurassic Park 1, Jurassic Park 1, 2, Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 2, 2. Like you're ranking them based. That's great. That's great, Zach.
0: <laughs> exactly. We had jura- dinosaurs. dinosaurs 3, 2.
1: That's some weird. You just made some weird version of a Dimitri Martin joke that people can only, I think, understand if there's a graph with it. <laughs>
0: So my question is, what do you think Trevorrow is going to do with the main three? Like, what do you think he's going to do with them?
1: I I kind of figured you were going to ask this question. I, I kind of gave it a little thought, uh, to be honest, when I was, like, I don't know, brushing my teeth this morning. I, I think that it's going to lean the most heavily into Jeff Goldblum because he had the bookends of the previous movie, and I think Colin Trevorrow is going to realize the power – uh, the star power, I mean, that Jeff Goldblum has and is going to want to use him to full effect. So I think Jeff Goldblum is, Goldblum is going to be the the f- most focused on. I think my best answer, without giving with giving this actually a little more thought than I actually wanted to, I think that we are going to get Jeff Goldblum, Chris Pratt, and Bryce Dallas Howard going to... Sam Neill and Laura Dern in the same capacity that Linda Hamilton goes to Arnold in Terminator, dark fate. Like there's going to be a scene in a cabin where they have to realize okay. something about themselves to, this is the other thing. I, I don't think I have a good answer. My answer to this is basically like what bad screenwriting can we get out of this? Which is why I'm saying Terminator, dark fate. Cause that's a garbage movie for garbage people. And especially the last 15 minutes, Zach, don't get me wrong. Um, th- the the thing is, though, I don't know the plot of the third dinosaur movie. Are they trying to stop the dinosaurs from being everywhere? Are we trying to, like, invent coronavirus that only attacks the dinosaurs? Is that the plot? Is the plot that we're trying <sighs> to find a new planet to go so we can give this planet to the dinosaurs? I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, the end of Jurassic Boogaloo is it. The dinosaurs are out. What else is there, What is this going to be an animal rights movie about how we're going to get the under like in Pacific Rim the underground of black market kaiju parts we're going to do the same thing oh for my dinosaurs God. what the oh hell my is God, this movie be... even about
0: <laughs> Okay I don't know I deliberately stayed in the dark about this cuz I want to be surprised Does,
1: Do you know if anybody knows that's another question I have for you
0: Uh he released a trailer a couple weeks okay. ago
1: Will more so, people um, know awesome. when Fast 9 comes out f9 i'm sorry (laughs) uh
0: maybe it's definitely it's definitely going to um yeah i I blow up your spot Uh, saying
1: that you're going to see the dinosaur footage of f9 by
0: the time this comes out you should have no i i I, the movies get like the the, uh it's still blowing up your
1: spot if i've never said it before Zach, fair
0: fair (laughs) um but i guess my thing is is that like are we get like are they gonna retcon it so uh what's his name Sanya and Laura Dern together.
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. Jesus. Zach, that, that might be the, the conundrum. Because at one side, I want to say yes. I want to say, use the nostalgia of that first movie where they are together, where they agree to have children at the end of the film. Use that nostalgia, that power. But the other side of me wants to say, Trevorrow might keep it as... They they are just the experts, and and the romance between them is not a uh, an impactful notion. It's just that they are there to answer questions. Okay, that's tough. That's a that's a. Re- I didn't think of that. That's really good though. Oh shit! I think <laughs> I think the one thing we can agree on is that there's going to be a new type of dinosaur in this movie. Because of course, you of know, course, in, in one, two, 1 and two or four and five, we had to get a new dinosaur. Uh, In this movie, there's going to be a new type of dinosaur. I don't know what they're going to call it, but I think it is a guarantee, and I'm calling my shot right now, that that dinosaur is going to be the older version of the child from this movie. Like, the child from this movie is going to go through a Captain America-type experiment that turns him into a dinosaur, and he's going to be the villain. What do you think? I'm I'm talking human to di- I almost said dragon. Human to dinosaur transmogrification.
0: <laughs> hmm. Okay. Because this is... Okay, I- I'm reading the... Wiki- Apparently there's no like plot synopsis yet. Okay. But this okay. is what it says on Wikipedia. Following the release of Dinosaur Boogaloo, Trevorrow stated the sequel would focus on the dinosaurs that went open source after being sold and spread around the world in Boogaloo, mm-hmm. allowing people other than B.D. Wong to create their own dinosaurs. Uh, Trevorrow stated the film would be set around the world... And said the idea, okay, of Henry Wu being the only person who knows how to create dinosaurs, far fetched. Quote: After thirty years of this technology existing, end quote, within the film's universe. Additionally, the film would focus on the dinosaurs that went free at the end of Dinosaur Book of Glue but would not depict dinosaurs terrorizing cities. An idea that Trevorrow considered unrealistic. Fuck that. Um, That's all I inst- want to see. <laughs> instead trevorrow was interested in a world where a dinosaur might run out in front of your car on a foggy back road or invade your (laughs) campground looking for food
1: okay okay actually that'd be wonderful opening cold (laughs) open of the movie Someone fucking, like, driving home from work late at night, they hit a dinosaur and go, oh, shit, not again. I gotta call animal control on this. Or, hear me out, Zach, we do the goddamn scene from the straight story, but with a woman going, I drive this road every day to work, and every time I hit a dinosaur. I don't know where they come from. No matter what speed I go, I hit another dinosaur. (laughs) That, That has me interested. If dinosaurs are just regular facets of our everyday life like oh goddamn you know remember me not remember but know me and my whole history my not history my constant anger of moths getting into my apartment fucking goddamn little pterodactyl in my apartment let me get the fly swatter i that's actually really interesting because that's something that doesn't just exist on hey dinosaurs it exists on playing on things that we've established and all know about in our lives okay here we go No, this is it. I fucking figured it out. Recreate the entire Harambe incident with a dinosaur in a zoo, and the internet blows up around that dinosaur. And call it Dine Bomb Bay. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) We've got it. Colin Trevorrow, we'll push this movie back a year. Let Zach and I write it with
0: you. Oh, God. All right. Okay, with that little uh, side past us, (laughs) let's let's continue this I picked up. A world where dinosaur interaction is unlikely but possible, the same way we watch out for bears or sharks. We hunt animals, we traffic them, we herd them, we breed them, we invade our territory and pay the price, but we don't go to war with them. Trevorrow said the film will also be about Owen and Claire's redemption and their responsibilities to take care of Maisie, a clone girl from the previous film. Trevorrow said about the film and its predators, I have a dinosaur movie that I've always wanted to see, and it took two movies to earn it. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> see, oh
1: see, that's where God. it gets it, – with the whole taking care of Maisie, that's bullshit. No, I don't care about that. The whole family aspect in this movie in a lot of movies I don't care about. You know what I actually really want to see with with along with all the other things I've said? You know – how is like a a a long neck dinosaur? I think Brachiosaurus. How is that going to interact with a giraffe? Can, how, how, that's the one thing we've never seen. These dinosaurs have somehow always been on islands that are completely self-contained from other natural organic life, right? Like we've mm-hmm. never seen a dinosaur have to be like, oh god, I got to interact with you know, or even like like a like a bug at least. Like how do mosquitoes and dinosaurs interact? That's interesting. Is that too interesting for mass audiences? Yes. But please, I want to see it, you know? <laughs> like, maybe, let's see people, going to, they go to the rescue shelter, and they might not end up with a dog or a cat, they end up with some type of dinosaur. That's fun, that's interesting. That's a thing that lets me think. That's all I want to see. That's all, I want to see something from these movies that will make me think, other than be bored out of my mind. I, I can know. literally hear crickets chirping from Zack's end. I think he has a window open somewhere. <laughs> uh, I just, okay, who is Cameron Thor? Uh, uh, are we talking about Marvel now? What What are you asking me? <laughs> Okay, it's – because
0: I'm going through the what? cast list. It's like – I'm going through the cast list. Apparently – remember the girl who's in, in Dinosaur Boogaloo who's like the dinosaur veterinarian yet she's never seen a dinosaur. Remember yeah, that? yeah, that the, uh, the
1: nasty woman as Ted Levine eventually calls her. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the subtle political commentary
0: of
2: 2018.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. um, uh, it's just like her and, and the other – and the caregiver be in it. She's an – isn't she like an initial or something? They call her like Z or something like that?
0: Uh, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, you're right.
1: Apparently, Jake Johnson will also be in it again. Oh, God. Is Lauren Lupkus going to come back?
0: <laughs> no. I, she's not Jesus mentioned. Jesus
1: Christ. Lauren Lupkus is doing fucking sparkling water commercials now. And I'm like, Lauren Lupkus, you're so much better than this.
0: And, and she has a Star Wars podcast. Really? Yeah. It's ah. her and like some other girl like like watch Star Wars for the first time and like comment on things that everybody's aware of yet yeah, they've never seen, so I'm they assume nobody else has ever noticed. If it, it was
1: anything about Star other, other than anything about other than Star Wars I would listen to it Because Lauren Lupkis is really funny and really interesting comedian and Star Wars is uh hot take for you, Zach. Boring as shit. We agree yeah. on that, right? <laughs>
0: All right, BD Wong is back as Henry Wu. Good. It, says it was announced that Campbell Scott will portray Lewis Dodson, a character featured in the Jurassic First Film. The fir- role was originally played by Cameron Thor, but was recast. For Dominion, Thor has since been arrested for sexually assaulting a thirteen-year-old girl. in oh, Cameron serving
1: Six years. Cameron Thor's the the actor's name. Yeah, I thought you were telling me a character's name. <laughs>
0: yes. Apparently, he's in jail for assaulting a thirteen-year-old girl.
1: Uh. To bring up something that I remember very fondly from our uh, conversation from the original Jurassic World, Dinosaurs 4, does Vincent D'Onofrio's character die in that movie?
0: Yeah.
1: Fuck no BDVD combo. I, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say, fuck it. Bring him back. I want the BDVD combo. I that you know it's kind of upsetting to me that the bdvd combo exists in a dinosaur movie
0: okay uh frank marshall clarified in may of 2020 that jurassic world 3 2 will not be the final <laughs> film in the franchise and that oh, will fuck. instead mark quote the start of a new era in which that's humans a, have to adjust to dinosaurs being on the mainland
1: that's a threat
0: yes <laughs> <It is. laughs> So what's the plot of this movie going to be? I th- That's the thing. I, I don't— People cope with—is di-
1: it going to be a drama? Like, people have to cope with dinosaurs? How, how do you make that a concise screenplay? How do you not—that's what I was saying before, is uh, when I think of that, if dinosaurs all of a sudden are now in the world, you, I feel like you have to either make—in 90% of the cases, you have to make an anthology film that is, you know, uh, our our main characters of Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, our original trio, they be- basically become, like, animal control but for dinosaurs, and they have jurisdiction over the whole world. And it's a little, like, oh, we got a new thing to go do. The other 10%, I think, is, which is wildly interesting to me, but I don't think anybody else would want to see it, how did dinosaurs disrupt the ecosystem, Right. Because yes. we don't know how—because the, the one of the last shots of, of Dinosaur Boogaloo is the surfers on the wave, and there's a giant dinosaur behind them. How do these mm. things change our ecosystem and our society and our way of life? Which, once again, like I said, would be wildly interesting, but I honestly think that Chris Pratt is going to become like the new fucking Bill Murray— in this movie, in this universe, not in general. And they're going to start Ghostbusters, which is Dinosaur Busters. And we're going to get, you know, animal control but dinosaur control. Well, okay.
0: okay. Okay. Two things about Jurassic World 3, Jurassic World, The Game of the Vengeance. <laughs>
1: is that... I like that we've made it so our audience has no clue what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm making it hard. I'm deliberately making it hard to track. It's, it's intentional. Um, okay. The poster... You remember how like in the like in the first film you have like the mosquito caught like in the amber and actually yeah. had like the dinosaur DNA from Yes, yes. Okay. What it is it's the like T-Rex skeleton that's like iconic like Jurassic Park like logo. Um the silhouette of the like skeleton but it's inside like the little glowing amber. Okay. That's the poster.
1: Okay. Um I'm learning about is, this for is the there first time. You,
0: you, do, do you think there's anything to infer from that, or?
1: Well, I I don't know. That Plot-wise. just seems like it could be good imagery, which makes sense. I'm I'm, like al- I'm also currently learning for the first time. Colin Trevorrow apparently directed an eight-minute short film called "Battle at Big Rock" that exists in the dinosaur universe. I
0: think that's the animated. Remember, there's the animated series okay.
1: like Camp Jurassic. I don't know if that's even what that is in reference to.
0: But this I do was know from that
1: 2019. So this was after the last movie.
0: Yeah, I know, I know he's still working on stuff, like, for this.
1: Well, I'm, I'm just saying this because I've never heard of this before, and possibly could this give us some insight into what the plot Probably. would be for the next movie. Um, possibly. Oh, my God, there's so many stupid dinosaur names in the Wikipedia plot synopsis! I don't care! I don't care what a fucking comp this is! I don't care what a steg... Oh, I know what a stegosaurus is. That's... <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate this shit, Zach. This is so stupid.
0: All right. You're going to love this. Make it alien. Uh, apparently, <laughs> um, you're going to love this. So if you look at the writing credits for uh, Dinosaur Boogaloo 3, okay. it's what it is is that the, the story is by Trevorrow and his infamous writing partner, Derek Connolly. Yes, yes. But the screenplay is by Trevorrow and Emily Carmichael. Whose only major credit is writing the screenplay for Pacific Rim Uprising.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is
0: somehow we took someone even schlockier than Trevorrow, and they they combined it with him. So like this is just gonna be uh, like like this is a disaster.
1: Emily Carmichael's Wikipedia picture is wild. <laughs> she looks sassy to the nines. <laughs>
0: Like, she's really, if you look at her filmography, she's, like, apparently directed a bunch of, like, short films. But, like, for the most part, she has done nothing substantial.
1: What is. Le- yeah, she, apparently she's done everything ever related to Lido and Ix? I don't even know what that is. Lido
2: I and know Ix. What that is either.
1: God damn it, Zach. God damn it. Uh, I think we can both conclude very certainly it's going to be the worst thing ever that we will get four hours of content out of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is I'm look I'm kind of looking forward to it because it's like it's a Trevorrow movie, of course, and in the sense that, you know, this this franchise should be dead. For all intents and purposes, dinosaurs should not be interesting. I I think even to go back to what but I was like, saying about how if you don't believe in dinosaurs, no one should care if you do or do not believe in dinosaurs. I don't even know if dinosaurs should be even taught about to children anymore. <laughs>
0: What's weird is like there's pictures of her at the uh, dinosaur boogaloo two uh, like premiere, which doesn't make sense considering that she wasn't attached to this until like well after that film was like released. Okay, cool. Which means she's cool. been in. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know. Like, like it's kind of weird that like she'd be at the premiere for a film that she had nothing to do with.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about that stuff. Uh, yeah,
0: like, she's really. So, yeah. She has nothing. She has nothing to do with that film whatsoever. Yeah, she somehow got invited to the premiere.
1: I've never heard of her before, so I don't really know anything about her. So, um, uh, that's what I mean. The internet tells me, though, that she was born in New York, New York. So, right on.
0: Yeah, the only major thing she's ever done. (laughs) And
1: she's the same height as me.
0: (laughs) Good. Wait, she apparently. Oh, is this the battle? Okay, you just. Okay. The 10 minute short, she apparently co-wrote that, co-written.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Apparently okay. she's a co-writer on it. I that. didn't see that when I looked at it. Family a family
0: on a camping trip to Big Rock National Park about 20 miles from where Fallen Kingdom has ended. Take part in the first major confrontation between dinosaurs and
2: humans.
1: But see, a 7 out of 10. Doesn't that like imply that we're going to get some like anthology yeah. type of thing where it's going to be that, that dinosaur busters? We got to go stop. Because... Well, one, when I, when I was about to say there's no way that this could happen, but as I think about it, maybe this is exactly what we want. That Trevorrow's going to write in that there is a king dinosaur that needs to be beat at the end of the movie. That this might become something like a, you know, Atlantis the Lost Empire, where the dinosaurs are out now and we have to find the crystal that controls them all. Mm-hmm. I I was about to say there's no way that can happen, but with Trevorrow, anything's possible. And also, I might love how stupid this series could get. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, based on what I'm seeing, like, for the trivia for this, um, it seems like...
1: You're talking IMDb trivia?
0: Yeah, for, okay, for so this, it's, like, it's true, short...
1: So it's true, okay, we got we got that, we got, we know it's true, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently this film is all, like, this it, This feels like a drama about, like, dealing with the aftermath of, like, opening Pandora's box.
1: But what is, how, what is the through line to that, you know? Like, that the drama of what happens after you open Pandora's box... Is inherently an anthology style story built for TV shows. How do you make that into a solid, coherent screenplay? How
0: I think I think it's what you said earlier. I think it's going to be um, uh, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are going like. Be like, uh, oh god, dinosaur advocates! Like they're our friends, man. We can't hurt them. We created them. We can't do this. I think, it, and that's what it goes back to like the stuff we were reading in the Wikipedia article. Is that I think the dinosaurs are going to be exploited, which is a theme we've already seen from Boogaloo, and I think it's going to be uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt being like, no, man, we can't sit there and exploit these dinosaurs. We have to protect them, and then they're going to go to like the other, the main three for like help it's gonna be like it's gonna be like aaron brockovich but like with
1: dinosaurs (laughs) i was aaron brockovich is a good point i was gonna say legally blonde too but for dinosaurs to stop their cosmetic testing
0: (laughs) okay 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 crossover forget fast and furious legally blonde (laughs) and dinosaurs
1: if Elle wood shows up and it's revealed throughout the plot she's president she's president oh she's president of course oh yes we know that she's president in canon in, in the real world, she's president. Um, sorry, Joe Biden. Elwoods is president. Uh, she, but she, in the plot, is revealed that Bruiser has broken up with Bob McKill's dog and is now fucking a dinosaur. <laughs> and they have to find the dinosaur's father, because isn't that a twist, from the mother. And it turns out that they are having uh, cosmetic testing being done on them, and it's going to be terrible no matter what. So, I, I mean— So that. They... Dinosaurs interacting horrible. in the real world is an interesting concept to me because they are, as we've been saying, fictional creatures and not in the grand sense, in the sense of this universe. We don't know anything about them. You can do anything with them. So have an interaction. I want to see, like, you know, what is a. I, so I don't, I don't know my dinosaur names, and this is the one time in my history I wish I knew some, but like, a T Rex. What is a T-Rex going to do with an elephant? If a T-Rex starts hunting all the elephants to extinction, well, do we have to stop the T-Rexes, you know? Or, you know, when deers get too populated in a certain area, they drop the wolves in to take out the deer population and let people hunt the wolves. Are we doing the same thing with dinosaurs? That's interesting. I can't imagine that's what they're going to go down in any hardcore sense
0: of it. But Trevorrow loves his, like, loves his, like, oh, God. Like it's not spectacle, but like his particular brand of spectacle, which is just kind of like nonsense happening.
1: Is Mark Duplass going to show up in this movie as his character from Safety Not Guaranteed? <laughs> is this know. going to just, establish the Travaro cinematic universe?
0: Like <laughs> the I, problem with this movie is like I don't know if it's going to the same levels. Like it's going to have spectacle, but like. On a very different level, like I, th- I think it's going to be like like a part of me wonders if it's going to be like Planet of the Apes level.
1: Sure, sure.
0: We're l- we're like there's going to be like a war against the dinosaurs. Yeah, you're
1: not. And you're and, not
0: and, and Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard will go to Sam like like God, oh God, Sam Neill, Lord, and Jeff Goldblum, I like to escalate it. Jesus. And and May and going to be the uh, like missing link between the two that they like prop up. <laughs>
1: If Ta Leone pops up in this movie playing Madam Secretary, <laughs> I might be all on board. <laughs> but
0: my question too is that like are they going to ignore like I would imagine Trevaro's gonna ignore the events of the second and third film, right? Uh
1: I, I'm with you that I would imagine that would be the case, but I really don't want it to be. I really want Trevaro I wanna see Trevaro juggle everything that's been thrown to the air at this point.
0: She so, like no Julianne Moore or Vince Vaughn.
1: Oh no, death! No, hundred percent. They have to be here. They have to be in there. Julianne Moore <laughs> has to be in there. Everybody, fucking everybody. And you know, Pete Postlewaite's corpse. Pete Postlewaite's corpse. Yes. Fucking branch out. As Colin Trevorrow was involved with Star Wars for a little bit. Let's get some Star Wars characters in here. Let's just get everything in here. Can Max von Sydow? Side- oh, no, he's dead too. He can't make a cameo. <laughs>
0: I can imagine, like, like, they did in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 where, like, Leatherface is, like, wearing, like, the corpse of, like, Nubbins. <laughs> yeah. I think they should do that with Pete Postlewaite's corpse.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> if there was a scene, you know, a la Inception where Pete Postlewaite's corpse says to Chris Pratt, you know, it's like, uh, Chris Pratt's like, I'm sorry. You know, I wanted to be the dinosaur hunter that you were. And he's like, don't be sorry. I'm sorry that you tried. (laughs) (laughs) We need every movie to be the next movie for it to be anything interesting. And I think Zach and I both know that will not be the case in a million fucking alternate universes.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately. So, yeah. So, basically, our prediction about Dinosaurs is that it's going—Dinosaur 3 is that it's going to be uh, Aaron Brockovich meets Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, yeah, that—when you— yeah, some type of rights battle, some type of we have to fight the big bad government from killing the dinosaurs, from limiting the dinosaurs, whatever you want to call it.
0: At what point does Chris Pratt ride a T-Rex?
1: Oh, fucking cold open. Opening, <laughs> opening credits scene. That's the opening credits They're going credit to <laughs> blow their wide straight out the gates. Absolutely. <laughs> and Bryce Dallas Howard's going to be surfing the Megalodon or whatever the hell the water one is. <laughs>
0: Oh, I hate movies.
1: It's it's not going to be good. I'm not looking forward to it in any positive sense, in a sadistic sense. I'm all about it.
0: Morbid curiosity.
1: Yes. Zach, any right, other speculation? Questions. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, nah, questions? Nah, I'm, done. I'm done about Trevorrow. The questions are going to be easy. I think even our snacks are going to be easy. Uh, Cinemonies for me? No. Late night? No. Jesus Christ, stop it with the dinosaurs. In movies, in TV shows, in society, everywhere, they are 100% useless. And when I say that, I do have some information backing that up. Go back and listen to one of our previous dinosaur episodes where, like I said, I got to talk to someone who studies dinosaurs, and it boils down to the question of why do we study dinosaurs boils down to, because it's kind of cool. They have no direct impact on anything, period. So I'm going hardcore no to both. What about you, Zach
0: oh uh, late night no this movie's dumb don't waste your time like i said the first film <laughs> is the only film that has some uh, some form of objective merit to it um the second one just being delightful uh, i'm sorry uh dinosaur boogaloo being one the, like a stupid fun dumb movie how just absurd it is as for cinemotity i'm gonna have to go yes oh, jesus. because you took <laughs> i kind of even want to give my reason now i just don't want that to be my reason it's just <laughs> jesus Um,
1: uh, I knew you were going to pull something like this. I knew you were going to pull something like this. Zach, what's your reasoning? That it's a mess? That it's a nightmare? That it's boring? Then fucking a million different movies fall into that category.
0: No, because they took easily one of the most profitable film franchises and they ran it into the ground. (laughs) I find that delightful. I think there's something true. I think this goes back to the thesis of this podcast. There is something so inherently fascinating about taking something that has so much just – power behind it and just driving into the ground i just find that fascinating and i find that like think it's it's kind of like coca-cola like it's kind of like like it's like new coke or like crystal pepsi like it's the idea of doing that and it destroys the brand in the process sure like imagine after crystal pepsi pepsi had to shut down the pepsi like like pepsico just shuts down (laughs) like that would just be fascinating to me being like oh we tried we did something that like was inherently bad but, like, in, in like, it stall, it basically caused the, the, the what would you even call it, the, the product to stall out for, like, a decade and a half? Yep. yep. I think that gives it Cinemati status. The idea that they somehow drove it into the ground. I, I find that fascinating.
1: Okay, okay. I'm going to put it in the spreadsheet, but I'm not going to like it. How about that? <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> well, then that brings us to snacks for the restaurant. I do not have many. I think I only have two. One. Of course, we'll relate to the giant metal can that we mentioned earlier, but I think Zach might have—we might have some crossover with that. But the first one that I had, which I think is a good, fun addition, not only from this movie, but really from the dinosaur franchise as a whole that I, I checked and we did not come up with for snacks in any prior dinosaur discussions. In the Sin-E modities, our child's portion of the restaurant, I would like a little section, you know, maybe um like a, like a play place, if you will. Like McDonald's had their play places except we would call it God's Play Place. And in this, this part of the restaurant, kids could go through different tubes, they could walk through different tubes, and they'd end up at different little stations that would give them hands-on experience with things like genetic engineering, eugenics, uh, the concept of genetic abominations. I, I really want to tell our kids, as these movies do, that people seem to forget— to play God at an early age and, you know, a- and do everything you can with the fabric of nature to make sure that the world is a worse place for everybody else. So I, I think I like what I'm saying God's play place in the sin e portion of the restaurant. What do you think about giving some, you know, first hand experience with genetic engineering to kids? I think that could get us grant money from the US government right now if we applied for that. That would be a STEM bill for sure. <laughs> So doors right at my mouth. Okay, right on. The only other one. Speaking of the giant metal can, which, I, like we mentioned before, I didn't really have an idea for, like the giant metal can in particular. And I think you said it really well, Zach. You said something like it's a Costco giant metal can. I was just in awe of it. That it is literally. Almost as big as Sam Neill's entire hand. Like, it is huge. (laughs) Like, he's palming this can to eat whatever he's eating from it. I, I said beans earlier. I don't know if it actually is beans, but he's scraping the bottom of it. I think that I settled on, what if we just had the option for our customers, where appropriate, that their dish would be served in a giant metal can? And so, if they ordered something that we could put in a giant metal can, we would. Of course, there's some dishes we have that don't fit that bill. But you know, if somebody's like, "Oh, I want the 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 burger," I th- I, th- I always go to this example because it's the easiest one to remember. I think we have a basic burger somewhere in the restaurant. Someone's like, "Yes, yeah, so I'd like the uh, the Cinemales burger, and in the can, please." And the waiter goes, "Good choice, sir." And then they just get it in a big metal can. I think that's fun. That's a fun idea. <laughs> <laughs> would all you right, love to go snack. to mcdonald's and say hey can i get my meal in a can
0: <laughs> it'd certainly be intriguing so probably like mcdonald's be like oh aluminum costs are too high nope here's a uh, piece of like biodegradable paper <laughs> that's gonna like melt away like after your big match and sing it for 15 minutes um <laughs> all right my snack I feel like I might have stolen this or used it already like since our Chappelle Show episode. Okay. I just want a Velociraptor oh, egg. Like, I just the... want to be able to... Just...
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, cooking a dinosaur egg. We... Oh, Jesus Christ. The fucking Chappelle Show episode. I don't remember what is actually released in that episode because I made four episodes from our discussion on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, yeah, I want that. I just want to be able, to, like, I just want someone like drop off a of velociraptor egg, and you to, like pick up your teeth and just like eat it, like 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 swallow it. I like that. It's oh, oh
1: sure, sure. So, uh, are you saying in some sense of a uh, delivery system to the customer?
0: I don't know about that far, but like I just like the idea of serving someone like a whole egg, like the size of just like, oh god, okay, like okay. a loaf of
1: bread, <laughs> like uh, like an ostrich like egg type of thing. Which which uh, you would yeah, just get the but whole a whole egg.
0: Smart. How about this? It gets served to them by, like, the creepy, like, off-putting, like, animatronic Velociraptor.
1: Okay, I could like that. Uh, I mean, I would have no problem putting a dinosaur walk-around character slash animatronic slash anything else in this restaurant
0: because it's— a it's... waiter and—Rob, hi- Rob, it's a hybrid. It's both an animatronic and a waiter. <laughs> and a waiter.
1: I like that idea because our restaurant is already filled with so many fictional things that one more won't hurt it.
0: What happens is that the Blade Runner has to give it the mind Kampf test. <laughs> the Mein but... test. I'm oh, sorry, my bad. Whatever it's called, mind Kampf, whatever. I don't think it it's called. To see I don't know what it it's to... called.
1: I don't think it's Mein Kampf, <laughs>
0: God damn it, Rob, it's late <laughs> um, I, it, it does, It's a dual test First it figures out if the dinosaur is real or not And also finds out the dinosaur is a huge bigot
1: It does both <laughs> <it's> two birds with <laughs> one stone I like that, okay, okay.
0: We have very particular dinosaur uh, animatronics <laughs> They're both very lifelike And they're potential racist
1: <laughs> First test, are you real? Second test are, Do you think the d- put you here? <laughs> Did your, were your bones placed here by (laughs) the See, I'm not familiar, I'm not as familiar with as a, as a punchline, which probably none of these things should be punchlines, but, uh, oh, geez. Okay, well, Zach, two things left to get to. One, of course, is what are we doing next week? And before you say what we're doing next week, which I think we already gave away, I wanted to mention one last fact about Jurassic Park 3, JP3 which I also should mention on the Wikipedia page for Jurassic Park 3, it says, not to be confused with the jet fuel JP3. <laughs> so I think we should say uh, definitively Jurassic Park 3 cannot melt steel beams. But that's not the fact I wanted to hit. I wanted to hit, this movie was nominated for a Razzie in its year of release in the category, one that we have not yet talked about in this two thousand Fort year, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. That's the entire name of the category. This was nominated, but it lost. And it lost to what we are covering next week none other than Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. That oh I cannot wait to discuss because, oh boy, that movie might be what does me in because I don't like Tim Burton. I don't like apes. I especially don't like planets. <laughs> But that is what we are covering next week in the Fort Year as we wind down to the very end, and that brings us to the last thing of the episode. How do we end it? And Zach, I think there's no other way to end this episode than with Lupe Alan. Fiasco's "Alan Forever" in reverse. What do you think?
0: Can we have? Can we have that in reverse? Can we also throw in some of the Velociraptors just like chirping?
1: Oh, maybe ah. I'll do. A, maybe I'll do like a uh, an N Inspiriority Complex Lupe Fiasco remix of oh, yeah. Alan Forever with a raptor. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Go, Alan. I think that works really well. And of course, please write into us, cinematizing gmail.com. If there's something that you fundamentally believe Rob is missing about why we should care if people think the earth is flat or dinosaurs are not real, please let me know. I really want to hear an argument for that. Uh, I we haven't Ever received a response when we said, why should we care about the robots in Ex Machina? No one ever hit us back up about that, Zach, so I think we've won that one. But please let me know about this. If there's a reason to be angry or or defensive about your own knowledge when you hear other people say dinosaurs aren't real, please let me know. And other than that, as always, check the show notes. Check out Cinematos, uh Patreon. Check out the Cinematity subreddit. All that stuff. And I want to throw it over to you, Zach, for the last thing. Can you please give us your rendition of Alan Forever by Lupe Fiasco?
0: Go, Alan. Go, <laughs> per-
1: Alan. Perfect. I love it. We're, I'm done. I'm sold. I'm happy. <laughs>
3: I'm so weiß du weiß du weiß du weiß i weiß du weiß du weiß du weiß du weiß du I'm weiß du weiß du weiß du or du weiß du weiß du weiß I'm du weiß 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 I weiß du weiß du weiß du